Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Sure. There's yeah. no words there. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. In five, four, three. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 13 of Let's Go Blues Radio. The three of us are live on Wednesday, January 17th, 2018. This is franchise episode number 116 all time. My name is Kurt Price, and I like a uh, hot jacuzzi bath while watching TV. Uh, you can follow me at, uh, on Twitter at, at Kurt Price. Coast number one is Bill Day, and he enjoys long walks on the beach and cuddling by the fire. His Twitter handle is at Billy Blue Note. Coast number two likes it up the, well, I can't say it on uh, on the air, Jeff. I don't know why you gave me that to say. Uh, it's a family show, but his name is Jeff Ponder, and his Twitter handle is at jponder94. I'm just trying to find the right man, <laughs> all right? I thought this was a good show to find the right one. He just wants to be loved. Is that that's so all we all don't, really don't we all, want. That's all we all, that's, what, that's, the, that's, that's the goal in life. All you need is love. I think the, the, the monkeys said that, didn't they? That was the monkeys. Yes, that, the greatest British no. band of all time. That was the Rolling Stones. No, the Beatles. The monkeys were a big influence on the Beatles, though. <laughs> I, you know the Beatles are an influence on Grand Fjord. I don't know what that means. Hmm? Look it up. <clears throat> I will. Um, I, if you want to send us a tweet, send it to at LGB Radio, and we will read it on the air. Uh, if you would like to join us on the air to talk some of the hockeys, some of the blues hockeys, go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and click on the join button later on in the show. And uh, we will let you know when that will be available. Uh, are you guys enjoying the, the afterglow from the OT win from last night? Uh, mm. I'm enjoying having blues hockey back and uh, some goal scoring. Good Lord. Um, it's it's nice. We'll get to that in a bit, but... Uh, yeah, it was nice getting a win and just uh, seeing the team actually come together in the end and do something right for once. Yeah, I was okay with uh, a week off. Actually, I was. I was. Uh, I needed a break. You know, every once in a while, you just need a break from those things that you just you spend so much time with. And, yeah, <laughs> that you love I, so much. That you love so much. You just, you just, just got to step away. A, you you need a break, and and <clears throat> I I needed that, and uh, yeah, so. It, it was it was refreshing, although very, uh, very close to infuriating. <laughs> but thank God we tied that game and won it in overtime. Uh, the uh, don't forget to visit the Let's Go Blues Radio online shop. Go to letsgoblues.com to uh, purchase cheaply priced St. Louis hockey themed T-shirts, mugs, and stickers, etc. Um, you get a blues pap. Where else can you get a blues hockey Pabst ribbon, Pabst blue ribbon shirt? Nowhere. Um, There's a Checker Dome shirt as well, which is pretty badass. But anyway, uh, the official beers of episode number 116. Um, who wants to go first, Bill? Um, 
So I forgot to tweet the picture of it, but uh, my beer of the show, if you can get it from that far away on the, the camera angle, um, is a little bit different. Uh, Brother Thelonious Belgian style Abbey Ale from North Coast Brewing. North Coast, most famous for Old Rasputin, which is perhaps one of the greatest Russian Imperial stouts available. I've always seen that. I've, I've heard good things about it. Always has the high rating from Rate Beer, it's, and I have not had it yet. It is it is amazing. I it was probably the very first craft brew I ever had. Uh, shortly after I started drinking decent beer back in the late nineties, so I thought I said late eighties. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. Um, I really enjoy uh, the uh, uh, Old Rasputin uh, Brother Thelonious is very good. And, and uh, ties into my Twitter handle since Thelonious Monk, for whom it is named, was a great artist on the Blue Note Jazz label, of which I also happen to be a fan. So there's a little bit more to my Twitter handle than just St. Louis Blues Hockey. There's a lot more to Bill Day than the world knows. Bill is like an onion. Lots of layers to Bill. And he stinks. <laughs> Hit his mouth open and everything. It's like a parfait. Yeah. Who who's like a parfait? Kurt, you want to take oh, the you, next beer? You go? Okay. I'll go. We'll go out of order. That's Wait, cool. He has let's to have a beer. Why, you know why don't we let's go in order? Why is it always the beer. same thing every week? I don't know. Let's that's I'm, I'm that's cool. I'm 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 down with that. Uh, my beer this evening is not a beer. Is not a beer. It's a um it's a malt beverage. Um it it, it was left in my fridge over the holidays, so I decided to use it up. And it is a uh, <laughs> it is a kinky cocktail, kinky pink, mango and mango passion fruit and blood orange flavors. It's so good, it's naughty. So uh, and I would hold the glass up, but it's clear and the, no, the camera's way over there. But I'll, my mug is for those watching on YouTube. It's it's pink. It's pink. I will be switching this up after this is done and and uh, opening up a bottle of. Uh, Schlafly's variant uh, later on in the show, so which Bill is going to share with me, uh, I hope. Uh, yes, <laughs> it's a big bottle. <laughs> yes, I I will uh, I will definitely partake. But so, man, you are <laughs> you are like at both ends of the pool tonight, my friend. Well, yeah. I don't I don't play around. I'm 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 a I I like to to <laughs> to sample everything. So we'll it's I'm not I'm not against uh, drinking pretty much anything. So. Even you hear that, fellas, who also drink Kinky Pink? Yeah. He is in for sampling anything. That's right. I am up for anything. anything. I'm up for anything. Um, you know, uh, what's the what's the Bud Light slogan from like two years ago? Uh, up for anything? No, it's not up for anything or anything goes or what the hell is it called? Dilly Dilly. No, Dilly Dilly. That's the new one. <laughs> uh, wherever it takes us, I don't know what the slogan is. You anyway. Uh, go, no, that's uh, that's close enough. You go ahead. Nobody cares. Do you bleed blue? <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> what What do you got? <laughs> I have a Schlafly coffee stout tonight. Um, pretty much the only coffee stout I drink. I'm not a coffee drinker, so um, it's rare that I I find one that I like. But uh, this was one that I like, and and um, I had one in in Texas. I believe it was Shiner. That makes a coffee stout. Um, they're the only two that I've ever had that I've actually enjoyed. So um, even if you're not a coffee drinker, big fan of the Schlafly coffee stout. And uh, for my second drink, 
I'm getting over a severe allergy uh, or sinus infection. So out of my Umsel mug, I have orange juice tonight, folks. How exciting is that? No vodka in there? No vodka, not tonight. I, You know, I went to a bachelor party on Saturday uh, with a fever. Bad idea, right? But I thought, you know what? I'm a man. I can take this. I can handle it. Did, I'm, did, I'm still young. Was your fever a fever of 103? Uh, it was not. Um, but it was a fever that only uh, something could cure. Right. What's that song? Cowbell? More cowbell. <laughs> More cowbell. More cowbell. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's not it. That's not even the right song. Uh, whatever. I, I screwed it up. But I thought, you know what? Because OJ was making me feel better. So I was like, I'll just have some screwdrivers all night. I had two screwdrivers, and yeah, I, I was done. Went home by 10 o'clock. Crosscheck Ray is tweeted out, said, up for whatever is the slogan that we were thinking of. I was think, trying to think of. <clears throat> Thank That's you very it. much. That's That was, yeah, that was going to drive me nuts. You know, I was just naming random slogans, right? Yeah, well, I was too, trying to jog my memory, and I could not. Like, <laughs> what are I doing to you, Kurt? Mm. What's, so what's the current What's the current Bud White uh, Bud Light catchphrase? Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. dilly, dilly. I hate it. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. it. Are you kidding me? Absolutely hate it. Dilly dilly. You know, I'm I'm with Bill. It's so it's ridiculous. So overdone. Everybody's doing it now. Yeah, we well, haven't. It's it's going to be the big Super Bowl thing this year, and we haven't even got to the goddamn Super Bowl. I'm well, over it. I like it, and, and it has not been overplayed with me yet. So that's all that matters mm. to me. Yeah. No. So Jeff, uh, coffee stout. If uh, if you like that, I had one of those. Went to uh, movies this weekend. Saw three billboards at the Chase, and I have one of the Schlafly coffee stouts. Love it. You need to finish it off for the for the podcast and get the uh, Founders Breakfast out. Amazing coffee stout. I, I will try that. I never had that one. Kurt had it a couple weeks ago. I've had it many, many times. Yeah, I do have one in my fridge still. Yeah, so. it was it was on clearance at Deerberg's four pack for I don't know, was it ten bucks or something? Uh, it's, you overpaid. Ten, eight? Maybe was, no, 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 no. For something on clearance? No, no, it was maybe it was eight dollars. Yeah. How much does it usually go for? Usually ten. Okay. So. All right. Maybe well, it's Deerberg's, so Deerberg's is higher anyway. Yeah. Maybe it's clearance for Deerberg's. Although, you know what? Some of that crap in the Deerberg's uh, deals aisle, the deals section of that deal aisle they have, uh, sometimes that, that stuff's not discounted at all. They, they, it's a... It's a ploy? It's a ploy. It's a ruse. Marketing? It's a ruse. And you pick it up, and you're like, oh, this is cheaper. And it's like, I don't see the markdown, but surely it'll ring up that way on the register. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't appreciate your ruse, I don't appreciate your sir. ruse, ma'am. Those damn Deerberg's fat cats just raking in the beer money. <clears throat> Uh, guy says, uh, sorry, guy, uh, guy Ben Singh says, sorry, guys, it's Wednesday night and I'm driving again. I'll try and listen tomorrow. Let's go blues. Uh, guy Bensing, what would his Twitter handle be there? Kurt price? It'd be at uh, Hawaii blues fan. So if you'd like to follow guy, give him a follow. He enjoys the followers. He will gladly accept you into his little clan of followers. Hoping to be a larger clan Hawaii of Hawaii and a blues fan. Definitely look him up. He's looking for a blues friend over there on the island. <laughs> you got to think there's one other person in Hawaii that's heard this show before, right? At least one. Isn't Ken Wilson down there still? You think Ken Wilson listens to this show? Oh, I'm sure he does. 
we do sing his praises a lot on this show. Well, some of us do. I, I, I'm bittersweet with Ken Wilson. I've made that known. Love him and and I'm still. I, I loved his early stuff, and but his last few years, I didn't care for his too much. But. I the think every phone blues it fan in years. His, his phone in years. Yeah, it was noticeable on the. It was noticeable on the air. You could tell. I didn't like it. It yeah. turned me off. Yeah. Um. So we got the today in blues history, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account. Uh, if you do not follow that individual, uh, please do so. It's fantastic stuff. Um, I didn't uh, write them down this week, so I'm going to go right to his page and read them off there, so if that's okay. Uh, today, January 17th, uh, let's see, this is 1984. A slap shot from Al McInnes strikes Mike Liute, uh, one of Bill's all-time favorites, uh, of the St. Louis Blues in the mask and goes in the net for a goal, January 17th, 1984. And uh, Mike Liute was quoted as saying, uh, there's hard, and then there's Al McKenna's hard. And there's a video of it here. He's got a gif. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, uh, he ended up being okay. It's pretty comical. He gets hit in the face, and it goes in. <laughs> it uh, looks like he took it off the jugular. Oh, so, man. Yeah, it's it's an ugly thing. And uh, this, of course, is uh, when Al McKenna's was with the Calgary Flames. Right, exactly. Yeah, 1984. You know what's funny about that Mike Lee quote is that it's actually um, borrowed from Kirk Price when he was in college with Bill Day there's hard then there's Bill Day hard well uh, the joke's on you Jeff because uh, Bill and I did not go to college together that's how far the legend of Bill Day traveled (laughs) is that right all the way to Providence all the way that's 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 long that's far (laughs) and hard hard. it's long and hard (laughs) If it's gonna get to Pro- everybody. If, it, if it's gonna get to Providence, it's gonna be, have to be long and hard, I guess. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah. uh, January 17, nineteen seventy-seven, Chuck Lefley of the St. Louis Blues received the Most Colorful Player and Star of the Game Award. Uh, Don Kelly with the Bob Bragg Award, uh, contributions to hockey, at the Blue, Blue Liners Dinner, uh, nineteen seventy-seven. So the Most Colorful Player and Star of the Game Award. That's a that's a unique. You don't hear that anymore. No. What would you name that trophy? Uh, the most, like the, you know, the heart is the MVP, and the, what would you name the most colorful? Like the, the Grant Fuhrer? Joe Murphy. <laughs> the Joe Murphy. The Mark Bergevin? Mark Bergevin, yeah. probably, yeah. See, I went racist. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you did. It's funny, avoided, it's funny because it's I racist. Have, I avoided the Ryan Reeves reference right. okay. simply for that. All right. You Edwardsville elites, Hoosiers. <laughs> degenuate, degenuates. That's not a word. What's the word I'm trying to say? Degenerate. De- degenerate. Yeah. Degenerate. Are you Are you trying to say Federico? <laughs> Federico. 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 Yeah. I gotta find that sound clip. Good old. Uh, Good old Logan. Good old Logan. Well, shout out to the uh, the Drop Podcast there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, and uh, also today in Blues history, St. Louis Blues goalie and legend, which he's not known for anything else, really. Um, Jacques Plante was born January 17th, 1929 in Shawinigan Falls, Quebec. Good for getting it on the first pronunciation. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I was like, that's what I get for, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that wasn't a proofread, nothing. I just like, that came out of the, okay, I got it. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, we can do one more. Um... Speaking of uh, long, hard things, there was a, uh, <laughs> in 2002, uh, there was a nice long piece on Cam Jansen 
as a 17-year-old playing in the OHL. So he's got a newspaper clipping of that there, which I'm not going to read. So if you want to check that out and read that clipping, check out the at STL Blues History uh, Twitter account. Cam Jansen, future 50-goal scorer in the NHL. Did he score 50 goals in his career? No, there's not, not a chance. I, I doubt he had 20. I'm going to, okay, let's go over under. Over under 18 goals. Under. Under. I'm going single digits. <laughs> what, what do you say, Jeff? Oh, I, I look it up, and, and yeah, it's way under. <laughs> Is it single? Like nine? Uh, it's it's single digits. Nine? He had I win. Six. Six. I win. <laughs> he had two with the Blues and four with the Devils. His last season, he had three goals with the Devils. I remember that. He was called up because they wanted him to play in the AHL his last year. But they called him up, and he just went on a scoring tear for him, three goals, <laughs> and then never heard from again. Where's he from? He's from uh, not Afton. Eureka. Eureka. That's right. Eureka. Eureka. Eureka, Missouri. I've heard many of stories of his high school parties getting out of hand. <clears throat> you don't say. He does I, not seem like I, that kind of I, guy whatsoever. <laughs> I could share some, but I'm not going to. Okay. <clears throat> Since our last show... Uh, we had the, uh, the passing of Michael Shanahan, um, which I, I saw a handful of, uh, Twitter users, um, tweet out, uh, and on Facebook and things saying that, uh, uh, Mike Shanahan, uh, saved the blues, uh, from moving to Saskatoon. And I was like, no, that's not true. Um, Harry Onest, you know, as poor of an owner as he was, he did save the blues from, from moving to Saskatoon. So, um, and, uh, Shanahan purchased the team, uh, from Ornest, so more or less. But uh, so that was after the fact, a few years later, like four. I think Ornest on the team for like four years, five yeah, years, something Ornest, like that. Ornest bought the team from uh, Ralston Purina, right? Saved Which, them from moving to Saskatoon. The league saved the Blues right. from moving, to and then Ornest, yeah, right, right. came in, and then you hear the stories. Uh, <clears throat> I think you know last year the the yeah, anniversary special they played on KSTK a bunch of times. Heard all the stories about how you know the Blues go up to Calgary for Game Seven after the Monday Night Miracle, and uh, players had to put return flights to St. Louis on their personal credit cards because uh-huh. the team was insolvent. Yeah, so. you know it's 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 funny because uh, Ralston Perina um, does get all the credit for saving the Blues and doing their civic duty and, and their civic responsibility to keep the Blues in St. Louis. However. Man, if you read the details on on what happened when they wanted to get rid of the team and sell, and they couldn't find a local buyer, so they tried to sell them to Saskatoon, and they just wanted to wash their hands completely of the Blues. I mean, it was they did everything they could to trash the franchise when when the when the the, the league blocked the sale to Saskatoon. They didn't send anybody to the draft. They locked the doors. Employees in the organization round to three. Um, they had. And they 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 threatened to liquidate everything, uh, sell off furniture from the arena, um, just release players, uh, everything. It was just, I mean, they they were really. And then there was a a standoff between the uh, uh, Ralston Perina and the league uh, as far as because the Perina wanted the league to take over the team, and the league didn't want to. And then they uh, they finally did. They played a game of chicken, and the league stepped in and saved the Blues from being what liquidated i guess it could have been right right after uh the blues <clears throat> failed to send anybody to the draft for the only time in NHL history that happened yeah 
It's, of course it does. Of course. Yeah, of course. And that was that was a pretty substantial draft, wasn't that the uh, the Iserman draft? Right. Right. But we had traded away our first and second round picks that year. We didn't have anybody. No any reason to be there. <clears throat> yeah, we 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 weren't gonna get anybody anyway. Really, I guess at least in the first couple rounds because our, our we had traded them away the previous year. I think so. Um, well, yeah, not... one, one, yeah, you you could have made a trade during the draft to, sure. to get something. And two, taking into consideration that just a couple of years later, Shanahan kind of orchestrated this move, I guess, a little bit. The the, the Stevens and Shanahan signings, um, that made the Blues give up five draft picks, right? Was it right. five? Well, yep. It was the, uh, the, the, Stevens, the Stevens signing. We had yeah. the, uh, the ruling go against us. And then when we signed Shanahan, they gave Stevens away as right. punishment. Yeah. Right. And so Judge Houston. If, if we yeah. would have had some more yeah, prospects in the cupboard there, maybe that wouldn't have killed us so much. Yeah. Because we were what we were uh, trying to give away Curtis Joseph and Rod Brindamore. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and Houston ruled that it was Scott Stevens, and Scott Stevens goes to the Devils and wins several cups. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, to 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 round this back to Shanahan. Um, I mean, it's obviously very sad. Um, big part of Blues lore. Um, you know, everyone knows he was the the owner of the, the time when um, when uh, Brett Hall was brought into town, and then obviously, uh, you know, this, we just talked about Stevens and Shanahan. His last big move was trying to get a, a cup winning coach when he grabbed Keenan from the Rangers. Um, so the thing you got to admire about Shanahan was he just wanted to win, right? Mm-hmm. It, his win at all. The uh, the interview last night during the game with Shanahan, you know, t- touched on this. You know, his his win no matter the cost attitude was something that really the the city needed, uh, but may have gone too far. You know, especially in light of you know the the stiff penalties that the uh, the Blues wound up paying um, when it came to uh, losing Scott Stevens. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you have to admire yeah, the, uh, the love of the game that, uh, the Shanahan's had and, uh, yeah. And little known fact and, you know, that little, well, maybe not little known, but probably forgotten fact, uh, Mike Shanahan and his son were both, uh, target of an SEC investigation, uh, for backdating stock options that was ultimately thrown out after, uh, <clears throat> They were, I think, uh, Shanahan was convicted, and um, yeah, federal judge threw the case out. So, kudos to them for beating the Securities and Exchange Commission. <laughs> uh, another note on Mike Shan- Michael Shanahan. Um, you say Mike Shanahan, I know people think of the the NFL coach, right. but uh, yeah, he uh, former soccer star at St. Louis University. So prominent before becoming owner of the Blues. Um, that's a nice little tidbit a lot of people don't realize. Um, so coming out of the five-day break, <clears throat> the Central Division news, I guess, um, some things that have been going on. Uh, the Blues uh, slipped to third in the division. So with uh, they uh, currently now, after last night's win, have 57 points, 27-17-3, and are 5-4-1 and one in their last 10. Uh, they trail Winnipeg by two points and Nashville by one. Uh, that does not include the games tonight. I don't know if they're playing. Who's, are they playing tonight? Either one. I don't. I thought it was a fairly thin schedule okay. today. I think Canadians, You're Bruins, right. Pittsburgh, and Anaheim. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it was it was really uh, kind of a reconciling of the ledger with uh, teams making up games in hand. 
Yeah. Right. So it, well, we're seeing a, a fairly a fairly more realistic picture of the standings at this point. Yeah, well, in, in Nashville. Is it Nashville that still has uh yeah, they still have four less games played than we do. So that's yeah. <clears throat> that's discouraging to say the least. Yeah, especially with just how well they're playing and how deep they are. Um the uh the Blackhawks might have lost Corey Crawford for the season because of vertigo issues. Um they've now they're they're now projected to finish last in the division as their odds of making the playoff dropped eleven percent with that news. And they are five, four, and one in the last ten. So that's, uh, I mean, you don't like to see uh, players go down with that kind of injury. I I had dizziness issues a couple of years ago, and it's not fun. It sucks so bad for anyone that's had that kind of thing. Um, and I had that for a number of months, and it eventually went away. But uh, yeah, so that's not something I wish on anybody. However, with that said, it's the Blackhawks. So uh, seeing the news that they may, they are now projected to miss the playoffs is kind of, uh, I don't know. Kind of warm my cockles. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the uh, the other team dwelling in the bottom, they've won seven games in a row, but Colorado is still second last in the division because yep. they were so bad at the beginning of the year. Yep, they're eight one and one in the last ten. Uh, just in time for the Blues to play them coming up twice, and then after what about five or six games, something like right. that. And we do so well playing <laughs> in Denver. Yeah. I know, right? Uh, McKinnon will score a couple on us for sure. You know it. For sure, from from the, board. the circle. Yeah, right. So, yeah, right, right, exactly. Right, right. The near side. The, the left circle. Yes, yeah. right, uh-huh. God. It's like uh, Ovechkin's spot. That's where yeah. he scores from. Somebody, stop, somebody stand there. Um, Minnesota is 6-2-2 and two in the last 10. Dallas is 7-3 and three in the last 10. So teams, this whole kind of rundown, is teams trailing us in the standings, uh, aside from the Blackhawks, uh, are playing better than us. And still have games in hand. They look a hell of a lot better now. Yeah. So um, teams that are trailing you in the standings and uh, they have games in hand is concerning. So uh, a little bit to me. Uh, last night, uh, the Blues and Maple Leafs uh, locked up. Uh, we ended up winning this one 2-1 to one in overtime. Hutton got the start after the break. Uh, were you guys uh, surprised at that at all or no? Nope, he deserves to be the number one right now. Uh, Jake Allen's yeah. poor play going coming into the uh, uh, into the the break. Uh, Carter Hutton has to, you know, especially that last game. You you give Jake the chance of redemption, and he pretty much shits the bed. Carter Hutton's your starter coming out of the break. Yeah, Bill and I kind of spun our wheels a lot on the last show about how uh, really that last game before the break should have went to Hutton to give Allen a little bit more of an extended break. And, you know, that didn't happen. So I think at this point, if the, if the roles are reversed, like I said last week, I think if Hutton plays, no matter if he gets a shutout or gives up 10 goals in that last game, Allen is your starter uh, last night uh, since he is your number one guy. But since it didn't work out that way and Hutton got there, I'm sorry, Allen got the start in the last game, you have to go back to Hutton. And again, I mean, not just for Jake Allen's sake, but, the fact that he's played so well that he's earned it, he's deserved it, and I don't care that he's your backup goalie. He's playing this well. you got to show him, hey, we have faith in you. We have faith in you to go into one of the toughest buildings in the league and uh, against a fast, quick team that can you know, put a five spot on you easy. We believe you can come in and, and shut the door and, and get us a win. And, and uh, just a smart coaching decision there, I think, to, to put Hutton back in and really, for me, a, a no-brainer. 
Yeah, it's it's a no brainer, especially because Carter Hutton right now is leading the league in save percentage. He's at nine forty two. I mean, and and you, GAA you, too. Right, you have a goalie that's playing that well. You don't you don't go back to leaky Jake Allen. Just you know, just to to, to try to build it back up. Leaky we Jake. need we Jeez. need to win games right now. Sorry to sorry if that that came off as Trumpish, but <laughs> he's he's uh, he's not the same goalie he was. I, uh, um, I you know with with I, I agree. Uh, Hutton leading the league in save percentage and goals against average. Granted, with a smaller sample size, but well, be that as it may, he's playing really well. Um, much better than Allen. So, um, and I've always been a ride the hot hand kind of guy. Even if you have a clear cut number one on the team, if your backup is tearing it up, give him a few starts. Let the number one rest. Um, that's always been my thing. Um, and this is no different. You know, Hutton's the hottest going in the league, and you don't uh, you don't sit that kind of play, especially when, uh, like I said, Allen isn't on the top of his game right now like you want him to be. And Jake Allen, I know you're listening. We're not done talking about you yet. We're gonna get to you later. We're not. We're not done talking about you. And 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 why would you make such an emphasis on the word "done" there, Kurt? Because I'm the king of segways. And that's not true. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't be the king of segways and call it a segue. <laughs> I set you up perfectly. Come on. Uh, I just said I wasn't. <laughs> After I said I was. Well, you're proving it. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, so Bowmeister was a late scratch last night, and uh, Dunn dressed. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about and get your guys' thoughts on on why Dunn was starting to begin with. I was sitting to begin with. So he's from the Toronto area. He has friends and family in the stands. Most notably, of, of anything, he's a better option than a few defensemen that we had in the lineup last night, in my opinion. So, uh, thoughts on. Why? I mean, he's obviously well. I we assume he's fine, so uh, he's not sick any longer. So, what what would be the point in sitting him off after the break? You think the only thing that I can think of is the same narrative that we've talked about, uh, especially back when Bowmeister was out to start the year, is that he's a rookie, and we all know how NHL coaches, especially defensemen and goalies don't want to give a secure job to a rookie. Um, they want to play the veteran guys. They want to, you know, quote unquote, have them earn their ice time. Um, I mean, it's, it's a narrative throughout the league and, and Mike Yo is definitely one of those guys. I think too. Um, uh, he just, we talked before about how when Dunn was playing so well, especially start of the year when he started, just kept progressing every game and getting better that, it almost felt like to me with Bowmeister coming back, he's waiting for an excuse to sit his rookie defenseman. And, and there was that game. I think we talked about the, the Kings game that uh, they shot their wad and just played awful. Um, I think Dunn had a, a real bad uh, uh, turnover that led to a goal in that game. Next game Dunn's out. And it's just because that was the opportunity to say, okay, rookie made a mistake time to pull him out of the lineup. And I think that, this break was another thing, which to me doesn't make sense. I think I think going out of the break, Yo said, all right, all my veteran guys, they're healthy, they're skating, they're playing, they're looking good. They just got a, a, a six-day break, whatever it was. Um, 
And, but I think that to me, it's the opposite way. Get the younger guys in there, the guys who are going to have speed and be able to come in and start a rush. And to me, that's Vince Dunn. So at the end of the day, my answer to you is I have no idea why Vince Dunn would be sitting. <laughs> right. It's I, I I agree with you that it it's the nonsensical um NHL head coach, don't trust the rookies, you know, err on the side of the veteran and uh, you know, thank God Jabo had a baby. See <laughs> see the thing with the, the I mean, it is it is that is not a secret. Everyone in the league knows the blues are having trouble scoring goals. Dunn is a creative defenseman with the ability to put points on the board like he did last night and it's got to make yo to, to sit him over you know in favor of uh if bowmeister got into the rink on time uh dunn would have sat and the blues may not win that game um so you would think that okay it, goals are a big time problem power play is a big time problem uh put the lineup out there that has the best shot at putting pucks in the net and if you leave Dunn off that roster, you're not putting the best lineup out there that, that can put points on the uh, pucks in the net. It uh, doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, he's uh, Dunn's played in 40 games, and uh, he's playing about 16 minutes a game compared with Petrangelo's 25 minutes a game and Pareko's 22 minutes. So Dunn's played in a, a, a pretty high number of games, you know, for you know, considering that we thought he was going to get some rest, and he has gotten a little bit um, with him being sick and everything. He did get a couple of healthy scratches there along the way. But uh, I don't. I mean, he's not playing a ton of minutes per game, so hopefully he's not going to suffer from fatigue um, in his first NHL season. So he, I, I'd assume he'd be scratched a few games down the stretch, um, depending on how well he's playing and how we're playing and how well the team is doing. But yeah, it, it has to. Do you think it upsets Yo uh, or makes him feel a little uh, foolish for that? Everyone knows that he was going to sit Dunn, and then Dunn wins the game for them. I don't, I don't think it, I mean, I think he's an NHL coach and he's just going to, you know, roll with it and just say, well, you know, <laughs> good thing. I didn't sit done. A good thing done. Didn't yeah, sit. You know, I don't, I don't think he's losing sleep over what would have been a, a horrible mistake, but at the same time, <laughs> yes, it makes him look foolish whether he wants to admit it or not. It's the first thing I thought of. Well, I'm, my hope is that he takes it. He, he reflects on the fact that, you know, it's kind of a, a a lucky mistake that you know on my part that Vince Dunn got in the lineup and look what he did, you know he made Mitch Marner look really bad on that end to end rush, and you know that that it was beautiful. It it's a dream come true, and I mean I want to I want to kind of pause and and go back to the uh, the play where uh, where Dunn scored. I mean the the absolute disbelief on his face that he just did that in Air Canada Center in front of all of his friends and family you know is it is what that is the pure joy of hockey that so few people get to realize in their lives and I absolutely love that you know I I uh, I, I know Kurt watched the game on a DVR delay as as I did, um, and I'll tell you what I was I was just pissed off after uh, <laughs> the uh, the Leafs took the late lead and you know thought for sure you know oh, that we're we're just gonna go right back onto this losing streak. This team ties it up, but to see Dunn win it like that 
it, it is that is those kind of moments are what keeps me coming back to this game year after year. It it can be so frustrating and for for a blues fan, you know, a lifelong blues fan never had a Stanley Cup win here. You know, those kind of moments are are just what makes it just so so much bring so much joy to my life to see that kind of thing. Maybe one day we'll win a cup, <laughs> but we get to enjoy these small little victories like that. It is funny how blues fans are, you know, like Bill, we get so excited last night. It's like, yeah, that was a uh, Tuesday game against a non-division, <laughs> yeah. non-conference well, team. team. When yeah. you're struggling to score goals and get wins, you take what you can get against a team uh, who is playing. Life, about life like is a blues fan. Well, right now, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. up and down, yeah. This it is this this season really is a microcosm of blues the fandom. blues fandom in general. The, the entire uh, time they've been here, uh, it's just the up and down and and pissed off fans left and right for this and that and you know, goalie controversy, uh, a, a faux goalie controversy with some fans. Some fans want to run the goalie out of town. Some want to bring up, you know, the the guy in the minors and. Mm-hmm. It's just it's always the same thing every year. Just just send Jake Allen to the Bahamas for December and January. Let him come back and be ready for March. It seems to be the trend of his career, right? Can we can we do that with Jay Bowmeister? <laughs> can can we just send him to pasture? Can we put him in a box and send him to Abu Dhabi? Where's that? Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Djibouti. That's the second episode in a row I've said Djibouti. <laughs> Yeah, stop that. <laughs> That's going to be your catchphrase. You know, the capital of Djibouti uh, is Djibouti. So I'm, I, I mentioned Jay Bowmeister because I'm the uh, king of segways. And um, I want <laughs> no, to. No, that's, uh, that's me. I'm the king of segways. Oh, sorry, I'm the queen of segways. Uh, I wanted to mention a little bit uh, before we move on to the rest of the game uh, something about Jay Bow. And, and, you know, everybody who didn't watch the game, he uh, ended up being a late scratch. Uh, congratulations to him and his wife, by the way, on, on having their baby wife right his wife yes yes yeah they... that's what i thought I couldn't remember it doesn't matter um, it's okay either way it's a, it's it's 2018 that's right hey you know what <clears throat> i had a baby out of wedlock yep i may have i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i've had at least one that i know of yeah. <laughs> um but uh but no i i just want to comment uh and we don't i don't want to start a a rag on jay bowmeister train here but um so we have said on this show, and, and I know other podcasts and then just fans in, in groups on Facebook and all that, we've all complained about Jay Bowmeister at some point. And, um, you know, we we sit here and talk about, well, when you watch, you do this. You know, and all the, the new advanced stats people are always saying, you know, oh, well, you know, you, ugh, look at the stats. You got to look at the advanced stats, see what these guys are doing. You know, you can't just judge it off play. So John Chaika would tell us, and and sorry, John, sometimes you're incorrect. Um, and, uh, you know, I, but I, I did do. So I said today, you know what, um, because I thought, and we can get into this too later if you like, I thought Alex Petrangelo looked like Alex Petrangelo from earlier in the year. One game, I know, but it, it but we all thought, we all felt that when Jay Bowmeister came back on Petrangelo's line, that Petrangelo started to kind of flatten out a bit. 
you know, he had such a great start. Would you guys agree with that? That he kind of flattened out a bit once Bowmeister came back? Yeah, I would agree with that. I thought he was a, a surefire top three Norris candidate. And yeah. then Bowmeister came back, then he had his injury, and I thought that maybe he's still there, but it's not as clear cut. Would you agree with that? I yes. Agree with that. Yes. Okay. Uh, we're, I, we're distracted by opening. We're opening a, a bottle of variant. I'm just making sure that, that you guys aren't falling asleep. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. We're we're opening variant. So by Schlafly, Schlafly Ibex variant. Oh, so you will be you will be asleep soon. Is what I'm gathering. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I may have uh, to Uber so home, we, even though I live like two minutes from here. I'll pick you up on the way to work. <clears throat> on the way to work. <laughs> I don't think it works that be, way. I'll go the exact opposite direction to come get you. Um, so the uh, so the, so I did the advanced stats. I've looked at it a little bit here. Uh, quick little rundown for those who don't know. SAT percentage is what the NHL calls it, also known as Corsi. Uh, that's shot, shot attempts. That's how many shots your team takes uh, versus how many shots the other team takes while you're on the ice, if that makes sense uh, for you old school fans. Right now, after last night's game, throughout the season, uh, uh, Vince Dunn is number one. He has a 53.03. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm just going to run down the names. Uh, Colton Pareko next. Then uh, Robert Bertuzzo, uh, Joel Edmondson, Alex Petrangelo, Jay Bomeister, and then Carl Gunnarsson. Obviously, mixed in there is also Nate Prosser and uh, um, uh, 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 Schmoltz, uh, Jordan Schmoltz. Uh, but I'm not including those. They've only got one or two games each. Um, so as you can hear, Petro is pretty low on that list as well as Jabo and, uh, and Gutterson. Now the, uh, now looking at Petro before Jabo Meester joined his line, he actually shoots up pretty high. So his rating right now is 50.55 before Jabo Meester came back. He was at a 5201, which would put him fourth on the team behind Dunn, Pareko and Portuzo. Um, again, say what you want about advanced stats, but this just shows Jay, uh, Alex Petrangelo at a much better rate before Jay Bomeister came back. One more stat I'll throw out there. The, uh, USAT percentage, which is, uh, unblocked shot attempts, uh, percentage also known as Fenwick. Um, this stat, uh, it's the same thing, except it's ones that either miss the net or actually hit the net. Uh, so the other one included all shot attempts. This includes just everything that's unblocked. Uh, Pareko still number one. Bortuzzo, Edmondson, Dunn, Petrangelo, Bomeister, and Gunnarsson. Now, again, before... So, right now, Petro is at a 52.31. Before Jay Bomeister came back, uh, he was at a 53.45. So, more than one point better. And, uh, again, that would put him third on the team behind Pareko and Bortuzzo. Right now he sits in fifth. So um, again, I don't know if anyone is an advanced stat nerd and and cares to hear these numbers, but if you want to put numbers behind that theory that Petrangelo is better without Jay Bomeister on his line, I think this proves it. Um, I am not a big advanced stats nerd. I just know about it because I used to report for the NHL. So Having said that, guys, I'll uh, let you guys take the floor now. I think just by looking at the game and now proving it with advanced stats, Alex Petrangelo 
is a much different player when Jay Bomeister is not on his pairing. Except for on the power play last game. The uh, hold, holding the puck in at the point with the oh, shorthanded yeah. goal and got by him, which... <clears throat> So, so I'm not that an advanced stats. That was bad. Yeah, well, and I get that you know it's a it's a bouncing puck and it's on edge and and but you got to hold that puck in. You can't you can't just you got at least got a piece of it and slow it down so the guy doesn't have a you know blow 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 by you with a with the puck. That's that's one on one for defensemen. Yeah. you got to put your body in front of the puck, well, he, not just try and cradle yeah. it between your legs. Yeah, he kind of went down with his hand and kind of squeezed his legs together, but it still went through his legs. It's you know it's. Yeah, that's. I don't care. I don't care if 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 it was the puck's fault and did something goofy. It's on the defenseman. You got to stop it. You can't just. Um, you can't let that happen. I'll, I'll make a couple of points here. Um, one, two players that I've been highly critical of overhandling the puck at the blue line for the Blues on the power play this year are Petrangelo and Steen, and in this case, Petro got burned. The other point that I think we need to bring up uh, is that. What the hell was up with the ice in Toronto last oh night? My God. I mean, it, 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 you're in the middle of January in Toronto, the epicenter of hockey, and the puck is bouncing all over the place like it's a playoff game in May in Dallas. Did the Raptors play that afternoon? Yeah, I, I <laughs> don't something. know. I mean, they they were talking about how they there there were chunks out of the ice at center ice. You know, is it is it too cold? I mean, it, it just, it, it seemed bizarre, but that said, you have to adapt to the game. And this is, this is late in the game. You know, we're more than, you know, uh, three quarters of the way through the game at the point that the blues are on this power play and the puck is not doing what you expect it to do. So play with a little more caution in your game and don't try to pinch there. Right. And Petro got burned. That that was I I thought that was a, uh, a terrible turnover, and had the Blues wound up losing that game, all the blame, the, the entire game turned on that one play. Right, all that I, blame is on Petro. Yeah, I if <clears throat> I mean obviously a lot of things could happen otherwise in the game for you know the Blues get shut out. You say oh well you know the Blues don't score any goals not going to win, but uh, yeah I mean when a goal is scored and it's a it's a tight game zero zero one one whatever. Um, if somebody makes a mistake on that play, it's their fault. The game and the game is on them. It's just glaring. Um, but, but yeah, I um, and I think the question was asked was, it, was you uh, suggested this, Jeff, that is Jabo even the fourth best defenseman on this team anymore? Yeah. So what I, do you I think? no, I don't. I, I I mean, you've got Petrangelo, you got Pareko, Dunn, Edmondson are all easily yeah. better than. Uh, Bo Meester. Um and a case can be made for Gunnarsson. To be yeah. honest, I mean, at least early in the season yeah. when when Gunnarsson what he put up what, four goals in eleven games at, <laughs> at one point, yeah. but uh, has trailed off since then. But I yeah, no, see that I, one coming. I completely agree. You know, the, the, there's there's something you know that it's been brought up uh, several several different times uh, on Twitter. I've I've seen it discussed. You know that that. Jabo has not been right. His his recent spat of injuries. You know, this is the guy that was the iron iron horse leader in the NHL. Never missed a game. You know, and then a couple of years ago, I think it was Calgary, the first game he missed, um, playing against his former team, and uh, yeah, and now he just seems injury riddled and two steps slow. I mean, yeah. for a guy. 
he he was always able to make up for mistakes that he made because he had the speed, and now that speed's gone. You know, at, at least ninety percent of it seems to be gone, and well, he's exposed. And, and that was the thing with him was not only that he had good speed, but he had he was good enough to keep up with almost any player in the league. But he's so big that he could use his reach to his advantage. But when you only have reach and no speed, you're Rich Pilon out there. <laughs> I mean, you're not you. You can't stop guys from coming around you. And, and everyone knows that's what the game is built on right now, especially is speed. And uh, it's just the game's passing him up. I mean, at this point, I'm fine with him playing third line minutes. If they want to keep him on the third line the rest of the, the year. And then even next year, sure, okay. I mean, he's still a decent passer. He's still got hands. Uh, he's not an awful defenseman once they're in their zone. It's just breakouts and and uh, just quick teams are just destroying him. 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 He is nowhere yeah. near the first line, uh, first pairing de- defender that he was even two years ago. He gets matched up with the top line or second line on the other team, and and they're just there there's just too much speed right and and i'll i will i will say kudos to mike yo for putting don out there in overtime over bo meester you know that bo meester isn't hasn't hasn't played a lot of overtime minutes even over the last couple of years you know obviously you know we had chattenkirk before so it was it was petrangelo and chattenkirk with a rotation but bo meester was scratched though True. <laughs> so that's but, why he didn't play him. That's yeah. the point Bill's making. <laughs> Before right, you so, go too much so, far. <laughs> so so bad point by me. But kudos kudos to Yo to to recognize the situation regardless. You know, say say it's Gunnarsson, you know, who or even Pareko. You know, Pareko did get thrown out there. It he gave yeah, he gave Dunn the, the last overtime Pareko was in, he kinda coughed up the pocket. Right. Yeah. And and he gave the kid the opportunity and he took advantage of it. That's that's I mean, awesome. Dunn you know? is your perfect three on three overtime mm-hmm. player. I mean, he's a decent defender who's got speed and, and has great offensive instincts. He's the type of guy I mean, right now, the way he's been playing, I put him out there ahead of Petrangelo just because he oh. can score bigger I goals at bigger moments. Yeah, I put, I'd, I'd put, I'd put Dunn out there. I'd put Pareko out there, and then Petrangelo. Yeah, on the on. Yeah, I time. roll it how NHL eighteen has you roll it. three, three three on three lines and three defensemen on on with total. That's what I would do. I would rotate those three. That's it. Yep. Uh. What about I was just gonna say, what about Bortuzzo? Oh yeah. On the on in overtime? Yeah. Has he played any overtime minutes at all this year? That's, that is a great question. I'm gonna see if I can find that out. Uh, um, it, and and if, guys if he has why not? it is it is a sin. Why not Bortuzzo? Yeah. Why not Bertuzzo? Every every overtime, we'll tweet out. Why not Bertuzzo? Why not Bertuzzo? <laughs> Where's Bobby Bortz? <laughs> um, so Bortuzzo. So while you're looking that up, uh, Upshaw was a healthy scratch too, um, and there's no issue with him. It was a just a healthy scratch, right? I mean, there's not there was nothing, no injury, no. Somehow, that yeah, that's a head scratcher to me. I, I I mean, I guess he's he's trying to to light a fire under him. Um, Maybe, but but or again, did he did he break you know one of the you know one of the rules that doesn't get talked about in the media? 
I don't know. It, oh, it just sleep with a coach's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they pull out young blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I I just I don't get in what reality Scotty Upshaw in the stands is you know is a better choice than Magnus PRV who can't do a goddamn thing with a puck. PRV Yaskin I, I was Thorburn. Yeah, I was I was talking to a you know a couple of very knowledgeable hockey fans at work today and I I brought up the fact that PRV played last night they couldn't even recall his name being called a single time. We, we looked at the minutes played. And so PRV had uh, just about 11 minutes total, I think. And Chris Thorburn had less than seven minutes, but everybody knew Chris Thorburn played because yeah. well, he, he had a couple of any, very yeah. good opportunities. Shot six feet high on that but, breakaway. But PRV's yeah. one play in the game last night where his name got called, he got knocked down at the blue line. Yeah. <laughs> he... Uh, 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 Upshaw has 15 points on the fourth line this year. Um, Thorburn has, I mean, again, this is, I mean, we're talking about this team having trouble scoring goals. Um, so, and you're benching guys that can be productive over, and you're playing guys that traditionally aren't as productive. Um, so, uh, Upshaw has 15 points on the fourth line. Uh, Thorburn has three this season. Uh, Piarvi has four points this season, which is another joke. Piarvi has one more point than Thorburn. Come on, um, I, 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 unless Upshaw's like got some kind PRV's, of a Piarvi's still in the lineup because he scored the series clinching goal against <laughs> Minnesota, and he's fast. He's fast. He, he's fast, but he has zero hands, and he can check in the neutral zone. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I didn't pick up uh, NHL 18 on EA Sports, but I assume his like his puck handling ability is rated zero. Because he he can't do anything. All he has is speed. He he cannot do a damn thing with a pocket near the net. It it doesn't do any good. You know what? If all he has is speed, if if you know what, because the 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 knights when they drafted, they went for you know quick guys. A lot a lot of the guys are fat. So should have dangled Pararvi out there for. I mean, maybe they should should have like talked him into taking Pararvi or something because he's got he's got speed. And you know what? He would have fit right in that team. That's what. That's what we should <laughs> trade deadline stuff. Uh, send him over to uh, Vegas yeah. for a draft pick. How much? How much better would this team look with Perron than PRV? Well, we'd be salary cap issues, but uh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I was one thousand percent on board of of losing Perron. I, I think he's a bad fit for this team. So yeah, but I don't even want to answer that question. But he's a great fit for for uh, Vegas. And oh, Vegas. Well, yeah, you know, well, you know Vegas what? Has it's much a different fit, of course. Yeah, we, fits in well on that team. We will see come playoffs how well Perron does. Um, we'll see if the Blues make the playoffs the way they're Perron, I said Perron does. Right, right, Vegas right. should make the playoffs barring a collapse right. um, of epic proportions. But uh, maybe, maybe there'll be another Perron for pay RV trade. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what? Um do you do you think the Vegas is going to suffer the same fate as Columbus last year, where they have a great season and they just fall they bow out in the first round because of because uh, of playoffs, just the way they are? Because I mean, yeah. depend well, it depends who they play, obviously. But I mean, can you see the playoffs being a different animal? You know, in quotes, uh, just come in and jump up and bite them in the butt and knock them off a little bit. But they have they have a couple of proven playoff performers in Flurry and Neil and Neil. 
Yeah, um, their their yeah. defense, I think, is is where where they're going to get tested. You know, what their their defense? You know, it's it's Derek England, and you know, there's there just doesn't seem like there's a ton of depth that's going to hold up over, especially over a seven game series. And not not against a team like you know, if if they wind up in a divisional series against the Kings, I think the Kings totally totally take them to town. I'm not even going to try and guess with with Vegas because I I picked them to be terrible this year. <laughs> Man, that, that would be that is one exciting series, I and mean, that's the matchup right now. That'd be, I'd love to. Oh, I'd watch. The, every, I'd might make a point to watch that. A fan base for both those would be. I mean, that'd be huge. I'd love to see that. I think that that series is everything that the Kings and Sharks should be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Kings and Sharks were. And now, yeah, but now, the Sharks have never done anything like the Blues in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's not like the Sharks win one year and the Kings win the next year. It's mm-hmm. you know the Kings win and then Sharks do nothing. The Kings win again, and the Sharks do nothing. Right. I tell you what, if I'm Vegas. I'm hoping to slip to that second seed and take on the, the Calgary Flames. I think they mop the floor with Calgary. Yeah, I think a lot of people. I, mop, mop. I am not a believer in the Flames one bit. Mm, any team with Mike Smith uh, in goal. I am not a, uh, a playoff believer. Although you know, the, I I guess you know going back to what was it 2011, Mike King took the uh, the Phoenix Coyotes to one game of the Stanley Cup. And they lost to uh, Chicago. But at, at this point in his career, no, I have no faith in in uh, Mike Smith. They lost to 2011, and they lose to the Kings. Was it 2000? What they year was the, it that they lost they to the, the Western uh, Black Finals? Hawks? That was against the Kings. Mm-hmm. Was it the Kings? I thought it was the Blackhawks. Yeah. Blackhawks were one in ten, and twelve. Maybe right? it was twelve. If there was only one way to check this, I no idea. Uh, yeah. Except I have this Chromebook that <laughs> <laughs> from 1987. Yeah, does it work all that well? It works. <laughs> it's it's you can read it. <laughs> It's clear. <laughs> I can read it. It's got a good resolution. <laughs> but no internet connectivity. It it's got some. It's got five it's five it's five two band uh, router uh, Wi Fi card there. Okay. Um so it's hard to believe, but our power play is getting worse. Would you say <laughs> uh based on you know, uh last night we did not score on the power play again. Granted only had a couple chances, uh, but we gave up a shorthanded goal. It was so. It was 2012. Sorry. Yeah, it was. Yep. So, um, so yeah, so I, no creativity, few good scoring chances, very few shots, little time of possession in the offensive zone, just awful. Um, if you remember, Yo's power play in Minnesota wasn't good either. Um, when Yo was with the Wild, his power play was ranked 27th in the NHL in, in 11-12, 16th in 12-13, 16th in 13-14, and 27th in 2014-15, and 24th in 15-16, and then he was fired. So his uh, he has never had a team with a good power play. So based on his resume, I don't think fans, I mean, not to be a, a, a negative Nancy pessimistic Paul person here, but I just made that up. <laughs> write that down. Um, the, uh, not the negative Nancy part that's been said before, but... Pessimist Paul. I think that's new. That's me. I think pessimistic <laughs> Peter. Pessimistic <laughs> Peter. Well, that's just dirty. Oh. Um, but based on his resume, based on his resume with the power play, I don't think Blues fans should expect this power play to get better. 
I really don't. What? What? Why should this? I mean, even though we've got, we've got players like uh, uh, Petrangelo, Pareko, and Dunn as weapons in the point, and and Tarasenko, and Shen, and Stasny, and well, Steen. I mean, you know, they're 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 good players. They should be able to put the puck in the net at least, you know, five, at least twenty percent of the time. I mean, to to have a decent power play, and they just don't. And and and, and I don't know why. I mean, looking at Yo's past resumes, teams always have a shitty power play. So it's like, well, I mean, this is not going to get better. Why? I mean, uh, granted, different personnel from Wild to Blues, but the the results are the same. So at this point, if 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 he he should be aware if if we're we're a fan podcast of the team right we're just a fan it, podcast yeah. and and we're pointing this out he needs to realize that he hasn't he hasn't applied the right formula whatever it is ever is it is it the assistant <laughs> coach or does he delegate that right. if he hasn't delegated that why and if he has delegated it, why doesn't he bring in a power play specialist? Daryl Sador is the defensive guy, right? And and Craig Berube wasn't a yeah, wasn't I, a big time scorer in the NHL. No, I, I'm not sure what what bring, Craig bring Berube's... in bring in a power play specialist to help this team. Larry Robinson's not that guy. You know, he's he's there to coach Colton Pareko. I think I think that's that's really his only role. <laughs> So where where's the power play specialist? You know why why is this team so stagnant on the power play? That that is it. That is the big if, question for if, the team if, right if now. If we had the answer to that question, we'd be coaching. We'd be coaching somewhere. <laughs> um, and I mean, they the talent is there to do something better than what they're doing. There's no there's no excuse, especially with the quarterbacks they could have. You know, Petrangelo, Pareko, Dunn. Tarasenko, Shen, uh, when Schwartz gets back, I mean, what, what, I mean, that, that's that's fantastic talent, right? And uh, to not be and to be going one for twenty five every every few weeks, it's like what the hell? There, there's to me, and I, I've brought this point up in a lot of conversations around the office, you know, with with uh, hockey fans. There, it, the there's over emphasis on on the literal meaning of possession when it comes to the power play they they want to hold the puck they don't they're way too selective in shots and they're they're they just they get forced to the outside they get a lot of shots blocked there's a lot of hesitation so put the emphasis on one time shots the blues were the blues Last power play goal, I believe, was Braden Shen on a one-timer against Washington. The goalie didn't have a chance because we had a screen in front. We were able to work it. So why why can't we replicate that? It, it just, I, I, you, you know what? You, I mean, you watch other teams work their power play, and it just seems so much more efficient. And it's like they almost have, it's like the, the our power play now. I don't know why, but it just it looks like kitchen era hockey to me. It's just they don't. Nothing is working. They, 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 enough the boards. <laughs> it just nothing's working, and they just they, they, when you're watching them play, it's like, do you even have a game plan with this yeah. with this power play? Do you know what you're they, doing? I think they're too predictable, right? I mean, Jeff, well, they're being they're being yeah. the, the the defense is playing them really aggressive. I mean, it seems like on the power play, and they don't have time to do anything. So that if you're getting played aggressive, there's always going to be somebody open. 
That's that's the thing. That's the rule. If, if someone's a t- if if your your player's getting jumped on when you get the puck, someone's open. Right. They're not playing zone, so someone's open. Are they? But are they too formulaic that everything has to go through somebody on the point, and you're not utilizing I've, the down low? Well, I've seen them. I've seen them pass up. Like it, it bothers me when, when early on a part, like really early in a power play, they come in the zone, or or I guess early in the entry. So they come into the zone, and and all of a sudden, boom! They've got a great scoring chance, but they pass it up. Oh, it's too quick. We got to set it up. I'm like, don't pass up a chance to score. Don't pass up a chance to shoot. I mean, if you've got if you've got a if you've got a chance to uh, to make a play on net, and so it's a decent scoring chance, take it. Um, I've, I can't count the number of times in the past how many games they've come into the zone and they've had a look, and they pass it up just because it happens right away. And I always think that I'm like, hey, they they just passed up a good scoring chance, and then they've taken a chance, taken a shot from a bad angle later on, or, it gets, or something gets blocked and, and swept away and out of the zone. It's like, oh, they just passed up a good scoring chance. I don't think you can pass up uh, scoring chances when the opportunity is there when you're struggling as it is. Everyone always says, well, let's, we got to get back to basics to keep it simple. That's a bunch of bullshit. That's just that's just people people say to the to the cameras and the, to the to uh, folks interviewing them because they don't know what the hell to say. Keep it simple and get back to the basics. Every team tries to do that from the power play. They're not trying to go too fancy. You, yeah. you pass it around. You find the open guy. Get the goalie moving. Uh, try and get the defense to expand their box and move around. You get open lanes and you find open guys and you try and find them and, and you try and score quick. That's that's what every team tries to do. It's just a matter of who can execute the best. And the Blues aren't right now for whatever reason. Yeah, I I think I've made the point uh, quite frequently um, of late that the Blues the Blues are almost trying too much when it comes to power play. You know, they 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 need to simplify. I and again, I don't want to be the guy that yells shoot, but there's something <laughs> shoot to it. shot attempts and well what. You know, maybe it, that's maybe that's what we need to look at. You know, in terms of the uh, the advanced stats for for maybe our next show is what when when we get to the power play, what happens with our shot attempts? Do they increase? Do they decrease? You know, what what's the deal? Um, there is something to be said for shooting more often if you're not scoring goals in the power play. I mean, I I, I get the idea. I get the fact that you're not you can't shoot in the guys' pads. You know, if the lane's not there, if you have, if there's a guy right in your face, it's going to get blocked. Obviously, don't shoot it. But I mean, you've just got to. It sounds stupid. It sounds so simple. And it's like, oh, duh. You've got to generate shots on net. That's just that's just the way you score. I get traffic, and I mean, I don't know. I, I, and I, you know, again, another point that I I've made a lot on previous shows. They they hesitate just a little bit, and the lane closes down. You know who does that? Tarasenko. Tarasenko, I, he's always done this. He'll he's his his spot. Except recently, he's been on the on the point a lot on the power play, which I hate. But his spot is, you know, opposite side Ovechkin, right, uh, other wing, and he's he's top of the circle, coming off the boards. Um, but he always does this. He receives a pass, and he just he, rarely does he one time the puck. Really, does he shoot it quickly? He gets the puck and he does a little little stick handle like. Backhand, forehand, and then shoots. It's a fantastic shot, but a lot of times, and I guess he's trying to trying to change the angle, uh, uh, um, use the defenseman as a screen, whatever. 
Um, but his little his he does it all the time. He receives the pass, and it's never receive shoot. It's receive backhand forehand shoot. I don't know if you have you noticed that Jeff where Tarasenko that's his like his go to. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I, yeah, he uh, he overdoes it. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that a guy like uh, Ovechkin, his move is to set up in one spot and shoot and blast the hell out Tar- of it. When it goes. Yeah, Tarasenko yeah. is stick handle, stick handle, stick handle, shoot, and that's the kind of play you can defend against with Ovechkin, especially on that that one that he scored against the Blues. It's a you just got to try and get in his lane. That one, it's a, okay, I can telegraph what he's going to do. So, yeah, that I agree. That has to change. Um, let's see. I've got some notes here on uh, <clears throat> Thorburn having more assists than Berglund <laughs> in about the half the ice time this season. <laughs> um, Berglund, oh, Berglund has one even strength assist and one power play assist in 23 games this season. So he's on pace for Berglund. And I like to pick on Berglund. So he's on pace for three even strength assists over the course of an entire season. Berglund is. So he Berglund doesn't pass the puck. A no, lot. no. He he's gets got the puck and he holds it and, and he cycles and loses the puck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like he's got one. One is a one track mind with the puck. And if that door is closed, it's like uh, <laughs> curl. Curl. Um, okay, go into the boards and we'll fight for it with our, with our skates. Runs out of energy and can't figure out what to do with the puck yeah. and loses it. It's funny so. you guys say that because he does lead the team almost every year in uh, all the advanced stats. I don't care. Which means they're <laughs> getting shots when he's on the ring. Um, right. Well, <clears throat> be that as it may. I do agree. He, he's, be that as it may. I, I my, my point... Well, my point with, with, with talking about the power play is that Brooklyn gets some power play time. He's he's got uh, uh, forty four minutes on the power play this year, so that's uh, what in in forty whatever games. Uh, so he gets like a minute per game average, maybe almost. So it's he's playing. Wait, he there's no way he's played forty plus games. Forty four. Oh no no, no I'm sorry. Uh, he, twenty. So twenty. He's played twenty three games, something like that. So he's got forty four minutes. So he's played about two minutes per game. So he gets he plays about half. You know, second line power play, whatever. So. He's my my point is is that he's he's not our power play is struggling. He's not producing, uh, and, and a lot of players are to blame too. Stasny is awful too mm. on the power play. I've got uh, what is it? He's got uh, St- uh, Stasny's a lot it's, worse. He's well, got Stasny has two power play assists in forty seven games played and one hundred and thirty nine minutes of power play time. But but is that not emblematic of the Blues power I know. play system? I know. They, other, they, other everything players... everything runs through the point on the Blues power play. Right. I think I I think Paul Stasny has had like he's been the Blues net front presence guy. He should be the guy that's set up on you know below the circles setting people up for for you know lower slot chances. I agree. But everything on this team gets run through the point and it ain't working. It ain't. <laughs> here's here's my crazy thought. You you just mentioned Stassi's been the net front's presence guy. You know who I would like to see out there as the net front presence who I think would do a great job? Dimitri Yaskin. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say Scotty Upshaw. He's, I think Upshaw will do a pretty good job in that. Spot. I told I I said before the season started that um, I I could see Upshaw on the power play, uh, second unit power play, um, because we, we were talking Upshaw versus Yager, you know, acquisition kind of thing, um, and because Yager plays power play time and Upshaw doesn't, like, I right, we play Upshaw on the power play and he'd uh, he'd produce some. So wait, I mean, I mean, at this point, why the hell not? I yeah. know, right? 
whatever. That I mean, hell, uh, Quinville put twist on the power play. Did he not? I mean, yeah, it's for a while. For a while, before, not long. Before the the days of Kachuk and Mellonby, he put Pronger in front of the net, and yeah. that actually seemed to work. Well, I remember Twist going in front of the net one time in a couple. Uh, was it was one game or two games. They, he he planted Twist in front of the net. Yeah, that was. An mm-hmm. I think I remember one time he took a penalty because he cross checked the guy straight <laughs> down to the ice. <laughs> too strong. A little too much man going in front of the net. Okay, well. Uh, Steen scored late last game uh, with the extra attacker pulled. Net front presence. Yeah, with Hutton pulled, got the extra attacker. Yeah, Steen was a net front presence on that play. Um, Tarasenko kind of made this play happen. Uh, he held the puck in at the point uh, on the boards and moved it to Steen, who passed across to Petrangelo, who let a, uh, a wrister go. Uh, not to Steen. Uh, Stasny. Stasny, I think it was. And uh, passed to uh, Petrangelo and let a wrister go. And Anderson made the save, and Steen uh, backhand slapped it. Uh, into the net, so that right. was a fan. Well, you knew if anybody on the Blues was going to score against Toronto, it was going to be seen. <laughs> right, right. I mean, he just he right. ever since he's been traded from them, he yeah. tears them up. It's like Reeves game. against Winnipeg. It's just yeah. the way it works. Yeah. Um, and that was the first Blues. Uh, let's see, it was the first Blues goal with the goalie pulled? I think they said since Tarasenko's playoff overtime winner against the Hawks in 2016. Wait. We had a goalie pulled against the Hawks in overtime in 2016. It was playoffs. The playoff goal. Yeah, but 15. But 16. 15. Goalie pulled in overtime. Not overtime. I didn't say overtime, did I? Yeah, you did. Okay, sorry. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, it was not overtime. Whatever. Shut up. It's <laughs> no, the it's I'm the variant. Saying. It's the variant. But it's. <laughs> but you had that prepared well before. No, I was I have OT here, and it's not, it should have been OT. It's a playoff winner, yeah. uh, playoff tie, uh, tying goal. I don't know, whatever. I think it was I think it was that goal where Tarasenko scored, um, <laughs> to beat Crawford. I think that was the goal. Anyway, if it's not, look it up. I don't care. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I shat all over you, Jeff. Mister Advanced Stats, is that the, is that the right play I'm talking about? Which one are you talking about? The, the Tarasenko's uh, <laughs> over, just, overtime goalie, the pulled. overtime goalie pulled winner of the Blues yeah. against the Hawks in 2016. It was like Russia versus Sweden oh, in the, uh, when, the World Juniors right. this year. When the Blues pulled the goalie against uh, the Hawks in the playoffs and Tarasenko scored with like three seconds to go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right That's to me. the last time the Blues scored with the goalie pulled. How is that advanced stats? I was just using – I was <laughs> – shut up. He's I was flustered. I was using advanced stats to be a smartass. <laughs> which is which is what people do when these advanced stats. I highly doubt oh. counting empty net goals is <laughs> I was being sarcastic. <laughs> Empty net goals count as a shot attempt. Um, in advanced stat. As long as it's five on five. Dunn's goal. Uh, we went coast to coast, which we, we talked about a little bit already. Um, but uh, used a nice, nice goal by Dunn, uh, using Stasny as a decoy and uh, letting it go, uh, which came on the heels of a Sabotka giveaway. Sabotka. Where in overtime. In overtime. <laughs> yeah, that, right. You know, that to me, and we've, we, we've mentioned this before, and I don't remember which overtime it was. Saboka does not belong on the rink in overtime. No. No, he does not. That yeah. guy, I don't care what your other options are. Did He, did he does we, not have the offensive instincts to play three on three. I would rather put... Oh. Did we have any comments from Hitch's Hat or Art Lippo about uh, Saboka getting overtime... Uh, Oh, I don't know. I didn't check. I didn't see last Overtime. night. Uh, disgusting, though. 
our conversation earlier, though, uh, uh, Guy Benson does say that uh, no, Kenworth, uh, Ken Wilson, I guess he meant to say, Ken Wilson is not here anymore uh, in Hawaii. When he was, when he was, I got my jersey signed by him, and I have an announcement to make. The labels van is coming home. I'm going to be in St. Louis, March 23rd to April 9th. I don't know what the labels uh, van is. is that a typo or van. that has to be a typo. <laughs> yeah. The labels he's, van is coming to St. Louis. It's I don't home. think he's driving his labels van from Hawaii, right? <laughs> the labels van is coming home. So he's going. Uh, so maybe mean ladies man? Maybe that's what he's maybe that's what's supposed to be. I don't know, guy, I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> the ladies man is coming home. Maybe. We'll we'll go with that. The late guy, the ladies man, is coming home to St. Louis March twenty third to April 9th. Hashtag goddamn autocorrect. <laughs> yeah, right. Just driving with one hand. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Th- and it was a nice save by uh, Hutton and Saboka diving back. I thought Saboka was going to uh, put the puck in the net, <laughs> crash into Hutton, and I thought the whole I thought the whole shebang was going in the net because um, Hutton and Saboka were both basically behind the goal line in the net, and the puck had went wide. Um, so... But it all worked out. After the yeah. faceoff, then uh, Dunn goes the other end and and scores. Which is funny because he went, he carried from behind his own goal all the way down and scored on two on one. Which I'm wondering, I didn't get a look at how Toronto was set up. Were they changing or something? Because no, no Mitch Marner tried to uh, tried to draw a penalty and like oh, like uh, Dunn yeah. elbowed him. That's in the right. Face. That's right. He did do and, that. He threw so, his head back. Yeah, he threw his yeah. head back, and that that allowed done to get his step yep. and away he went if you don't call the slash on pareko in overtime that cost the blues ot right. you do not call any phantom elbow that was right yeah right. there's no, no chance no that's that was you a, don't go dive in overtime right that was a horse shit play by by mitch marner but who dives in overtime who does that that's i mean you're basically giving up a rush if you try and dive mm-hmm. right and and uh we'll see if uh you know a, a an old school coach like mike babcock let's see what happens with uh mitch marner's minutes in the next game so you guys asked if there was a tweet from art lippo or mr blues hat about saboka yeah after that uh there was not but there was a retweet from fabry's hair Ah, right uh, almost as good as almost as good as Hitch's hat or Mr. Blue's sure. hat. <laughs> and all it but said very was, derivative. But very derivative, yeah. <laughs> in capital letters. All it says is "You suck, Saboka." <laughs> uh, yeah. Somebody, somebody had to say it. <laughs> Get off the ice. So uh, you want to talk about Alan? Is he really? Yeah. That, is he really that bad, Jeff? Is Alan really uh, that bad? I don't know. You tell me. Let's talk about it, shall we? Let's talk let's, about let's, it. Let's not. Let's talk about it, and then we'll all give our answer if he's really that bad. Jake Allen is so bad. How, How bad, bad is he? Is he? <laughs> uh, no, so and we're gonna. I'm gonna go through this kind of quick. We're kind of running long here again. What a surprise here on Let's Go Blues Radio that we're running long. Um, really, so the question is, Jake Allen. We've mentioned it earlier in the show. Um, kind of going through his slump uh, last year. Those remember he had that mental break right around the same time. Um, if you remember, he came back. Was his break during or after uh, the Hitchcock fire? I can't remember. It was, it was, uh, it was after. after. Yeah. Is that, no. After. He, so his, he, no, it was, be- his, his shitty it was before. Play, well, his shitty play contributed to Hitchcock's firing. Yeah, yeah but, he, but I remember Hitchcock saying that about giving him a break, I thought. So, okay. Yeah, I think you're right. It was Hitchcock. Well, either way, it doesn't matter. After his mental break, he came back. Finished the season 16, 8, and 2, 
and I thought, I know a lot of people disagree, had a pretty good playoff as well. Uh-huh. So no, that, um, that's great. Let's get to the playoffs first. <laughs> yeah, know? no, I know what I'm he saying had, is he had a, he had a mental break him. and he did well. They just had a mental break. Maybe we'll see a new Jake Allen again. Who knows? But let's talk about this season, what's happened so far, month by month. Uh, so in October, he had 10 games started, gave up 25 goals total. And then I'm going to use a stat I personally uh, uh, use when I'm deciding for a goalie, uh, a winnable game to me. And maybe you guys disagree. A winnable game is when you give up three goals or less. I know three goals sometimes that's too much, but I feel like if you, if you are on average giving up one be- well, between three goals, three goals, three goals is not guaranteed when it's win a bowl. Best, right. yeah. yes. Best team goals against average in the NHL right now is 2.42. Yeah. So three is one. And I think, and I, and obviously there are games when a team goes, scores three goals, that's it for that team. And it obviously depends on the team, but a lot of teams have great defensive structures that when they score three goals, they're winning that game. But to me, judging by all the talent in the NHL, if your goalie gives up three goals, you have a chance to win that game. So judging by that and judging by what, what Bill just said, uh, in October, 25 goals against, 10 games started, three goals or less against eight times. So eight times in those 10 starts, he gave up three goals or less. Jumped to November, 29 goals against, 10 games started, three goals or less against, seven times. So seven out of 10 games, not bad. Uh, December, which is when he started his rough patch, 28 goals against, 13 games started, three goals or less against, 12 times. Now, again, there are a couple times in there, and I know that we're going to get into uh, you know, the weak goals, make teams... Uh, 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 struggle to to uh, gain momentum back. Yeah. Go ahead, no, I, I was gonna say. say I was gonna say that's that's more of a mental thing of the rest of the team. I I, right. I, 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 I agree with you to a certain degree, where th- goals can be deflating, but I mean you're getting paid millions of dollars. I mean suck it up. You, you right. play your game. But so so, so judging off the stats, uh, he had 12 times that he gave up three goals or less in December. I think that's pretty good out of 13 starts Um, in that span. So let's, let's kind of break up December a little bit more Uh, to start the month of December. And keep in mind, this was the month that, and in this span, I'm going to talk about here, Jaden Schwartz got injured in this span. Uh, The blues were four Oh and one when Allen gave up three or less goals to start the month. So they're basically uh, undefeated in regulation in the first five games that Allen started and gave up three goals or less in that span was when Jaden Schwartz got hurt in the Detroit game. And then after that, they went one in five when Allen gave up three goals or less, two of those losses were shutouts. So judging by the numbers, Jake Allen, it's hard to blame him. And, and, and before I go any further and all the Allen haters are, are screaming at their, uh, their computer or their, their iPod or whatever they're listening to on this, uh, I will say, and I've said, I said this a bunch last season. I question whether Jake Allen is a number one goalie in the NHL. I think he's a split starter at best, which is why he's, I think if you have a good starter with him, he's going to be fine. But I do think that in this stretch, as much as people want to blame Allen for the weak goals, 
your team has to score some damn goals at some point. And and now I will say, leading into January, before we continue, 10 goals against for two games started, three goals or less, zero times, obviously. So, yes, January, I'm going to pin a lot of that on him. He's given up some weak goals in, in Philadelphia and uh, the Florida game. But um, in terms of December, that's on the goal scores. They got to get some damn pucks in the net. They need to get the power play going. And you know what? It works both ways. People who want to say that weak goals on the goalie are deflating for the offense, guess what? When your damn team can't score a goal, that's deflating for the goalie. Yeah, I I, I agree with you completely. I mean, when, when you look at the stats as, you, as you've laid them out, Jake Allen, his play was consistent. He was very good. And then Jaden Schwartz goes out. The team stops scoring. His play continues that way until, you know, the, the turn of the calendar year. And then he's deflated by the lack of production in front of him. And he keeps, you know, his play falls off. He gives up some, you know, he has a couple of really bad games. And now his confidence is shot. Um I, you know, I, I don't know. I, this seems like a theme with me, but I'm going to go back to, you know, maybe it's a coaching issue. You, you have to know how to manage your goalie. And if your team's not scoring in front of them, maybe you need to start giving him more breaks. And, you know, now, now you're forced to, because his confidence is shot and you put him in there, he's going to give up, you know, four goals a game and you're going to lose those games. You know, the mental break that Alan got um, before, uh, last season was uh he wasn't even dressing for the games so um right. I, he was, I, yeah he was, he was, a, he was to, scratched right he was he was he wasn't even at the arena he was right. gone he was scratched he so, was he had a he had a kid right, right? and so so this were, is this i mean the the 5 days off everyone had that but i mean with him being on the bench if he's if he's uh if he doesn't play the next two games for example say if Hutton starts the next two games um is this a mental break for Allen at all? I mean, should he have a mental break right now? Should he be like not dressed at all and like not at the arena, not practicing nothing, just like at home? You know, I think that I actually would say this is tougher on him. Maybe yeah. it's worse in, in eyes of the media to sit him at home, but when you're the starting goalie and you're paid to be the starting goalie and you're sitting on the bench in lieu of the backup mm -hmm. in big games, I mean, Toronto's a good team. You want your number one goalie out there after a long break playing against a speedy team like Toronto, but they went with Carter Hutton. I think in terms of competitiveness, I think that's going to get Jake Allen going more than if he were sitting at home for that game. Cause he's got to sit there in the rink, watch the guys in the moment and, and say, I'm not out there for my guys. I don't bail you're a goalie. Maybe you disagree. No, no, I, I, I think you're right, you know, that, you know, with him being there, you know, unlike last year when, when it was a, a complete separation from the game, you know, this is a guy who, you know, he, he, it wasn't his fault the team had a bad December. It was maybe his fault the team had a bad beginning of January, but, you know, you had your... You know, I, I don't think anybody considered Carter Hutton a 1B going into the season. He was definitely a 2. But right now, you know, he is... Put it this way. If the Blues start Jake Allen tomorrow night in Ottawa 
it's that is a bad coaching decision. Carter Hutton is playing incredible hockey right now. That's not the, and that's not to say you know that it, this is a decision based on Jake Allen's play. This is a decision based on Carter Hutton's play right now. Carter Hutton is playing so well that you can't not play him. But for Jake Allen, this has to be what feeds his resurgence and his, you know, if this team is going to go deep in the playoffs, it's going to be because Jake Allen comes back and leads this team from the net. Do uh, there was a, a trade proposal today on Twitter? Uh, Patch ready for Dunn and Thomas, Blues pros- uh, you know, uh, Vince Dunn and uh, Blues prospect uh, uh, Thomas. So, for wait, first let's clarify. We say rumor. Is this an actual rumor, or is this something a fan put out? This was proposed. This was retweeted by somebody. Let me see if I can find it here. I think it started somewhere in Montreal. Right? Yeah, it did start in Montreal. So is this uh, Habs eyes on the prize? No. Uh, no. See, uh, they tweeted something out about. I think Vince Dunn. I, I, okay, no, I, I doubt it's anything. It's nothing. Here's it's what, not from Darren Drager or anything. It's it's just you know it's probably just a rumor. So okay, well eyes on the prize, which is a, a pretty good Habs blog. I don't know if if Bill agrees. I know you're a Habs fan, Bill. Do yeah. You read them? Yeah, I I do. They. They did tweet out Montreal Canadiens trade target St. Louis Blues prospect Robert Thomas could become a core player. So I don't see anything about Vince Dunn from them, but um, they do have Thomas and uh, as as a trade target. Yeah, there are also big uh, Matchbox Twenty fans, I believe. So exactly. So bring in Rob Thomas. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, it's okay. Um, Martin Lime brought up an interesting trade scenario. Who's Martin Lime? No idea. As a nobody? Well, He's I, a Twitter user. Okay, well, Evan, which is a... Okay, at, at uh, his handle is at, uh, at heel Evan. <laughs> yeah. um, a, another Twitter user. Yeah, this is Martin Lime brought up an interesting uh, trace note. I don't know who that is. I don't know if it's a writer for somebody somewhere, but uh, it said Habs, Pacioretty, two St. Louis Blues for Robert Thomas and Vince Dunn. So anyway, that's that was the proposed deal from a Habs fan or writer or somebody. No, Mar- Martin Lime is a sports chronicler at Energy 94.3 in Montreal. What's a sports chronicler? I have no idea, but that's what's <laughs> on his Twitter page. Okay, so he's. I, I would assume based on that he's a little more than he's just a fan. He may have a credential. <laughs> he may have a credential. So, okay. Yeah. So it's not – okay. So anyway, whatever. Um Real quick, yay or nay on that from you guys? Whether you whether you would do that, make that move, and this is interesting because Bill is a Habs fan, so right. I, uh, well, then I'll give mine. I'll give mine first because mine's ahead. less interesting. <laughs> uh, I say no because, I, as I said last week, I am not sold on Patchy Reddy, uh, and I'm a big believer in Vince Dunn being a uh, uh, possibly even a top four guy. So I I say no, Bill. Um. I I tweeted this out and I was I was kind of half serious. I I'm I'm not a big fan, be, you know, of uh, Twitter trade rumors. Um, but it, there, I would not give up, you know, Rob Thomas, Robert Thomas, 
sorry, the Matchbox 20 thing again. <laughs> um, I wouldn't give up Robert Thomas for Pacioretty, uh, you know, one for one. And I certainly wouldn't throw in Vince Dunn. I, you know, I think right now everybody, you know, especially in Canada, um, everybody's, you know, kind of got a, a little bit of a, a hard on for Vince Dunn watching that, uh, you know, watching the, uh, the NN rush to win the game last night. Um, so, you know, maybe that's a situation where some people would say strike well, the iron's hot and, you know, the, the players, you know, in the spotlight. Um, but the Rob Tom Robert Thomas for Petretti thing, no, it, that, it's overpayment. Uh, Petretti, I I was a I was a big fan when he first came up in the team, but you know I think he is a solid solid second line player in his own right. He's you know I I think it was a political thing for him to be named captain of the Habs. Uh, it was a way to not give it to PK Subban. Um, you know, because Mark Bergevin just, you know, does, didn't like PK Subban and, you know, they, they gave it to, to Pacioretty. I, I don't think he's I, a natural leader. Um, I, I think he is a, like I said, a very solid second line kind of player. And, um, you know, I, I think to, to give up a prospect for what, what is ultimately a rental with Pacioretty, cause what he's, is he UFA what after next season? Yeah. Next year is, is next that year. one more contract? So, yeah. One so more we year. have him, we have him for one year. Um, I, I don't like the, I don't like the prospect of him coming in here and, you know, that, that seems like a, just a, a bad, uh, you know, uh, the potential for, a, for a lot of, uh, a lot yeah. of, uh, bad stuff. I uh, with the blues, I I would not do it either. I, I think it was too much. I, I I mean Dunn is a Dunn is a guy I'm excited about, and uh, with with the depth, um, with the lack of depth at center in the organization, um, I think Thomas um, is a much more valuable asset. I know the Blues fans and fans in general are notoriously like overvalue their prospects, and you know we want to win a cup. We want to win a cup. But then we say, oh, no, we can't trade this guy. We can't trade that guy. We want to, you know, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. And then guys, most guys don't pan out. So, you, you know, I think if you can get a proven guy most of the time for uh, a, a, a prospect, that's it's it's a, something that you should really consider. But, right, you know, and- when you include Dunn in the deal, Dunn is, to me, I after seeing him play, it's like, oh, I, Dunn, Dunn's going to be good. I mean, I don't, I don't see how you can't think that. So... Um, I, and I think Thomas, I mean, if it, if Thomas were not a center, you know, I'd be more inclined, I think. But I think with him being a center and uh, with our lack of quality centers in the organization, I think he's a guy you might want to try and see if pans out, you know. so Right. You know, and, and I think Pacioretty's kind of uh, one of those guys that would be the, uh, you, you would look at as a final piece of the puzzle kind of player. And the Blues are a long way from needing a final piece of the puzzle yeah. player. I think the the Blues' early season success is proving to be kind of more of a flash in the pan than, um, you know, yeah, I, I don't think that a team that relies this heavily on Jaden Schwartz is is ready to compete for well, Stanley Cup. Well, I think I think with if if we had, you know, if our number one goalie was tearing it up, mm-hmm. and if we had no question, I mean, we, I don't think we have a lot of questions on defense. To be honest, um, I think we're pretty good, um, for the most part. I, I, I mean, depth with, uh, score. 
Depth, that's I mean, depth, uh, depth scoring up front, yeah, I think uh, is a problem um, when we're healthy, uh, to be honest. We're getting a lot of scoring from one line when Schwartz is healthy. But um, that's the thing, though. If, if we were getting uh, – if our goaltending was set and good, defense set, good, happy with that, um, and if it really was just a, 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 a scoring forward that we needed, you know, that's a different story. But right. um, the, I think right now with the question marks in goal – um, and there, it is a question mark and goal right now. I think if if you're making a move to get that final piece, when it's not, it might not be the final piece. Then you're kind of just giving away a prospect mm-hmm. for a rental or not a rental, but one year and a year and a fifth guy or whatever. Yeah. For you know that you're gonna go out in the first or second round again. Right. I'll I'll re- reiterate my my attempt at humor on Twitter. And and say that it's vast overpayment to uh, to send both Robert Thomas and uh, Vince Dunn to Montreal for just Pacioretty, and you know, given uh, Bergevin's track record, uh, you should probably ask for Carey Price in that deal too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll probably get him. Um, now so. that that being said, my my faith as a Canadians fan, my faith in Mark Bergevin um, post PK Subban. Post uh, Sergeyev to for Drouin, um, just terrible, terrible deals. Um, I think Bergevin at this point uh, trades are going to smack of desperation. So you could probably get a whole, give up a whole lot less to get Pacioretty. Um, but then again, you know there are going to be a lot of people looking to add a solid second line uh, forward in the NHL this year. We uh we opened up the show for anyone who wants to listen to uh, chime in about uh, anything we've talked about so far, um, but we do ask that you keep it short because we're running a little long. So if you wanted to uh, join us, go to uh, letsgoblues.com/radio and click on the link to uh, join us and uh, give us uh, your thoughts on the trade proposal or Alan's play or whatever you want to talk about. So Bruce is the cat. We need you. <laughs> uh, Kid Rock playing at the All Star game. Do you care? No. No. All right, good. Me either. Nobody gives a shit. Um, okay. I, I, hate, I hate Kid Rock. I hate the All Star Game. I well. Therefore, I hate Kid Rock at the All Star Game. It's just funny to see people complain about it online. It's like, dude, why don't people care? I, if it was somebody you know that they liked, they oh, I love him. Nobody cares. Nobody cares who plays the All Star Game. Nobody cares. Um, up next for the Blues, uh, we've got uh, the Senators tomorrow night. Um, the Senators are seventh in the Atlantic, four, four, and two in the last ten. So, uh, you know, the next few games should be, I mean, not to sound cocky or, uh, you know, putting the cart before the horse, but the next few games should be a slam dunk win for the Blues. They need wins, and you and I think these games are winnable. They need to win them. That's, that's all there is to it. And you got a few games coming up, and then we face Colorado, who's playing on fire right now. So you get, you get these wins in the bank and then uh, see what happens against uh, the one of the hottest teams in the NHL. Yeah. Guys, I have, I have one thing that I need to say yes. before I move on. I ain't leaving till Bruce is the cat talks. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Here I am. Here we're talking. Hey, uh, so your name is Bruce? Is that your, uh, that's your name, Bruce? No, I'm Andrew Kern. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't. Okay. I, I, so I'm going to call you Bruce. I know. Bruce, so. is, <laughs> Bruce is my cat. Is okay. literally my cat. Okay. So anyway. that makes a lot more sense now. With the story <laughs> All right. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Anything? Uh... Uh, let's just talk about the Blues lately. Okay. What are, what are your and, thoughts? Um, 
you talked about uh, the last episode how uh, when we began the season, everyone thought that we weren't going to do well because of injuries. And I thought that that was uh, extremely incorrect because of who was injured. We had, uh, what, Bowmeister and Steen injured, and who else, Stanford? Yeah, Stanford, yeah, yeah, he's still out. Okay, but those weren't the players who were contributing at the end of the season anyway. Right. And they weren't the ones who, and Berglund, Berglund was out too. Right, yep. And my fear was that as soon as those players started entering our lineup, the moment we were going to start doing poorly. And I know, I can't remember the name, but the person who uh, was talking on the show uh, last episode mentioned that the moment Berglund entered uh, the lineup is the moment we started doing poorly. And I know Ponder, and he's right to say this, um, said that Berglund has one of the highest stats on the uh, team. And I can't really explain it other than to say that he doesn't mesh well with everyone else. <laughs> you, where, yeah, but the I, moment Berglund, the moment Berglund entered, the moment, I mean, Steen entered and he did okay. But the moment Berglund entered, the team went downhill. Explain that, Jeff. Hey, <laughs> I just read the stats <laughs> yeah, because I think I think I, I know I know uh, uh, I think you know, you know to be honest, I think Jeff's always looking for some sliver of uh, of uh, positive news to attach to Berglund. No, you know, honestly, it's it's just be kind of become this running gag with me that I'm a Berglund apologist. Um, I do agree. I, I thought when they re-signed him, I thought that was strange. Um, I didn't think that uh, there was any interest in Berglund, uh, honestly, with this team moving forward. And um, I think that move kind of shocked everybody, and it definitely shocked me. But um, I see his need as a third line player but i do think at this point especially when we're seeing the the surgence of some of these guys like sammy blay and um uh, uh, why can't i think of the kid that's scoring all the goals thompson H. thompson thompson uh we're starting to see these guys move up and I, I think it's time that the blues might need to consider trying to move him if they can i know he's got what a limited no trade clause right now correct uh i think you're right yep yeah, I, I don't I'd think he can move anywhere. That's the problem. Yeah, well, I think right now people. I don't know who's going to take Berglund. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, his contract's not exactly appealing to people. I mean, it's not awful, but it's I'm not. not I'm not. Su- I'm not suggesting that anyone's going to take him. I think at some point we throw him on the fourth line. We would develop a fourth line that's worth anything. Um, I like Berglund on the fourth pay- line. I like that. Yeah, fourth line Berglund. Right, I'm I'm a okay with him on the fourth line. <laughs> I think you know he can generate some goals. That's perfect, um, and he can replace some useless players. Uh, what's his name? The guy who got into a fight. Thorburn. Last game. Yeah, Thorburn. Um, I'm with everyone in saying that he's very useless. He's been into many scenarios, and I don't know how many times uh, the announcers have said, "Oh, that's almost his first goal." Um, <laughs> it's almost his first goal. <laughs> it's almost his first goal. He almost got it. You know, almost had his first goal is blue. Five miles away from the net. I thought the same thing yeah, last that night when I said that. Opportunity. Yep, I agree. Um, I think we're. I, on the... don't, I don't think we need. 
Yeah, no, I think I think type of game. I think we're more or less all on the same page with uh, with Berlin. I don't know. Uh, that's he he and he's a he's been a whipping boy for Blues fans for a long time. So that's nothing new, I guess. Um, where are you? How do you feel about Clem? Why has Clem not come in? I feel he, almost like Clem is trade bait at this point. Well, you know, he's he he thinks he's he's been told that he's going to play. So, um, I saw the interview. I yeah. mean, I read the interview. He's getting a lot of Twitter love tonight for that move he made. Yeah, that was a sick move. Um, I just retweeted it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. But you know, I'm Mr. Kern. I'm with you. I'm, yeah. Uh, Let's see him. Let's see I'm him. All for bringing him up and just see what he can do. I mean, we Why got not at this point. You need goals. Exactly. You, you we right. got PRV mm-hmm. and we got uh, Jaskin. You can sit. And Thorburn, you can sit. No, and bring so, up some guys. Bring so up. you guys talk about Berglund as a fourth line player. I I think he's a perfect third line player. I think the Blues' best fourth line is Brodziak, Upshaw, and Yaskin. Yaskin on the on the fourth line is pretty damn good right now. He gets in there, he throws his body around. Chris Thorburn, yeah, he had a decent game last night, but he only played six minutes, 50 seconds. That is a waste of space. Um, well, Kurt, Where are you going to put Tabaka? Another great third line player. Where are you going to put Another great third line player. I like it. I think you, okay. you put Saboka and Berglund out on the, on the third line and probably Steen when Schwartz comes back. Oof, that's an expensive third line. Okay. Yeah, but we we well, paid for it. Third line. We that, paid for it. So. Well, and I love Steen, but I would love to see Steen traded. And I I hate to say that, but he we pay so much for Steen. I don't know. He's who. a very hard worker. He has he contributes to so many plays, but we pay way more than what we get. And we play him in the wrong spots. We we put him in a position where he overhandles the puck. You know, he if if you put him on the point of the power play, his one thing is to shoot the goddamn puck, and he doesn't do it enough. No, well, I mean, yeah, he he's not a shoot from the point guy. I, I mean, he's not. I mean, historically, he he's used been to successful be. He used to he, be. There right. was a couple of years ago when you put him on the point, and he was able to take that shot. Right. Would, but that was close to the age where he was scoring he's not, thirty not anymore, goals, though. Season, he, he's not an old uh, which we knew was going to go away. Um, well, you stop shooting, you stop scoring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it's exactly. really self-fulfilling prophecy. It's really hard to score if you don't shoot. It, it rarely goes in when you don't shoot. So. Well, Mr. Kurt, I got a question for you to solve the Blues goalie problems. How do you think uh, they do if they brought in Jason Tapp? Oh my God! <laughs> Sorry, that's an inside joke. Well, obviously, uh, I was going to say, what is that actually, about? I actually know Mr. Kern. Um, we are, uh, we go way back, uh, middle school type, right? That's yeah, right? absolutely. School? Yeah. And, uh, we used to go to River Otters. Middle school. And, so you... and the, the River Otters had a goalie named Jason Tapp oh. that we used to make signs for. He used to, he, he threw me up his stick one game. So yeah, that's, uh, so you're ready you River Otters fans. You know who Jason Tapp is. We need Taft and, and Big Snake. To come yeah. in and uh... <laughs> That's right. so you're from the area, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, he's, yeah. He's, uh, we both grew from, yep, grew up in St. Charles together, huh? Gotcha. Look at us, we look like a couple St. Charlesites with these big shaggy beards and the long hair. 
Absolutely. They don't sell. Do. They don't sell razors in St. Charles. Soggy no. bottom boys. <laughs> the, the soggy bottom boys of St. Charles. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the soggy St. Charles boys. Yeah. Anything else you want to do? Uh, talk about. We're gonna do. We're gonna do some St. Louis Blues. Uh, uh, media fails here before we uh, before we sign off. Yeah, you're welcome to stay on there, uh, Kern. You want to hang on? Yeah, hang I'll, on I'll hang. Um, uh, but uh, I've, I've been trying to track uh, trade rumors, and I know that uh, what Mike Hammond was a a big one at this point. Ho- or, uh, Hoffman. Mike Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. Mike Hoffman. That's yeah. it. That's one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, that's still one that I'm seeing too. Um, I know yeah. a lot of people on. You gotta, not not to quote the crazies at the asylum, but I know a lot of people have been uh, having his name come up a lot in what they've been seeing on Twitter and such. So I I know his name. Oh, is I don't look worse. at that shit. The thing no. the thing with all these trade rumors is we have to we'll have to clear salary to some degree. I I, I don't know what it's gonna what you know math turns out to be because if it's a you know for the rest of the season what his salary is and how much cap space we have, but I imagine we have to clear something, maybe. Well, who do you get rid of? I mean, obviously, I'd prefer to get rid of, like, like Ponder said, I think, um, having Bo Meester in the third line, I'd be fine with it. I don't like paying him when I'm paying him right now. Um, I think we have enough in the coffers to uh, to have uh, Bo Meester replaced with someone else. Um, but I don't, I can't see anyone who wanting him, I guess. No, that's... I guess he's a name that people would take who they really don't know who what they're getting. <laughs> which I, I you know, which I don't like know. he has the history of being an amazing player, but they have no idea what he is this year. <laughs> so if we were to trade him this year, I think it'd be absolutely perfect because people would be caught off guard because we were we were excited to take Gunnarsson, right? And Gunnarsson had the four goals this year. We'll give him that. Um, but beyond that, what has he done for us? But I was excited to have him because Gunnarsson's like, whoa, oh yeah, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he never, he never panned out to be anything, right? Yeah. I mean, besides the third four line, which is fine and great. I like to have, you know, a backup, some some elite defenseman like that. But we have enough of that at this point. The the problem with Ottawa and and Hoffman is, I think, in order to get Hoffman, like we said, we have to clear salary somewhere, and I don't think that because I would say, well, Ottawa's a, on a losing track. Maybe they'll just take Bomeister because he's only got one year after this year on his contract. But the problem is they already made a deal like that with Dion Phaneuf a couple of years ago. They're not going to have because they got to pay Carlson too. So they got Carlson coming up as a free agent. They're going to be paying Phaneuf. Then they'd be paying Bomeister. I don't see that happening. So you'd have to make a couple separate deals to move Bomeister somewhere else, free up his salary, and then bring in Hoffman. Or you make an outstanding deal with Ottawa to where they cover uh, the rest of Hoffman's contract, but I don't think they do that either because there's going to be. When's the last time Ottawa learned its lesson with anything at this point? Because they could have kept Matthew Hammond, and they didn't even do that shit. They you, they don't learn from their mistakes. That's the problem. I hear what logically speaking, it's a bad idea, but Ottawa loves to do very. Stupid thing. It's, it's, it's not wise. <laughs> They're not very wise team sometimes. Yeah, the Bobby Ryan contract speaks for itself. Mm. Right. So I'm not talking. I'm not talking about what they should do. What's logical? I'm thinking. 
what is the team, what have they done lately, and what are they going to do now? Yeah, I guess you're just saying you want to fleece somebody. You want to you want to yeah, pull a right. Terra trade. Well, that means we should <laughs> trade, to, yeah, trade with Philadelphia <laughs> that's, that's again. That's not impossible. You know it. This year is the year of Laterra. <laughs> well, as long, whoever whoever Garth Snow is the GM of, that's when we need to trade with them. Oh man, that needs to be the Blues slogan: the year of Yori Laterra. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to get into uh, social media fails here. All right, let's go, go ahead. All right. Uh, so from the uh, and I'm gonna bring this up because we were uh, talked about kind of at length a little bit um, in the St. Louis Blues Lounge about our uh, discussions about them last week. Um, so they noticed and and uh, they said a few things. So we're gonna kind of rattle off some of those things that were said about us uh, on their uh, on their nice little uh, group on Facebook. We gonna we gonna go around the circle here. Can, can Bill see him? Uh, do you have it up? I do not. Oh. Okay, so Kurt, you want to kind of go back and forth here? Okay. Let me see if I can get it. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll. You let me know when you get it. Yeah. We'll keep going. It should. Well, yeah, but it's uh, not gonna. If you, you, you can log in with you. I can. Yeah. I can. Well, it's offering for me to take a tour. Oh, is it? Really? <laughs> just bypass that. Yeah. Uh, All right. You, let's go, kids. Okay. Come on. All right. 30-minute show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so from the St. Louis Blues Lounge, um, Justin Turnbaugh, Turnbow, Turnbaugh, uh, says, uh, social media fails on Let's Go Blues Radio. Way to go, Lounge. Three of them from us. And, and this is from uh, Mr. Johnny Hirschbuehler. We, we'll, call, we'll call him Johnny Hockey. Johnny Hockey. Johnny Hockey. Johnny Hockey. <laughs> uh, through Badman, he says, I'll listen while I'm on the crapper. <laughs> so, which I'm thinking that uh, he's <laughs> didn't think too much of it. No. Uh, yeah. And Ken Everett, uh, Ken G. Everett said, uh, "Let's do a podcast fails thread in the lounge after each of their episodes." So right off the I bat, lo- you know what? I would love to see that. That'd Please be do, that'd be that great. Be fun to watch. So, so call me out for my Bowmeister fail early. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I can't believe a Bill thought Bowmeister played last night. <laughs> uh. So that's one bad fact. <laughs> we got one. So, uh, and uh, so you're I'll up. I'll yeah. take this. Go ahead. Todd Rick. Todd Rick. Says, uh, this podcast is so bad. It's pretty hard to listen to. How Funny bad is about- it? <laughs> Funny thing about my, quote, social media fail. These dipshits end up agreeing with me. But the kicker is right. But the kicker is right. These social media fails begin. The one guy says, quote, they entitled to their own opinions. So why is this guy getting so mad? Well, that's pretty hypocritical to say, considering they are ripping on people on their show as a segment. LOL. Gotta love dumb people. Before we move on to the next one, I just want to say one thing. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't remember which one he did. Do you guys remember? I don't. I, I could pull up the show notes from last time, but I... That's fine. I mean, uh, whatever. But... Uh, we want to point out, and I'm being sincere when I say this, we do social media fails because it's fun. It's fun for the people who listen. We've had people on, not on the show, but I've talked to people who we've mentioned in social media fails, and they've loved it. They think it's fun because it's a nice little call-out, which we'll get to that here in a second. And in, when we're doing this, we're not really making fun of you. It's just you made a silly comment, and we're just... 
making fun of your silly comments. It's just, it's, 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 not, fun. Yeah, it's, not, it's not making fun of you. It's making no, fun of something that came out of your mouth. It's like, it's like when I'm talking to my wife and, and she says, why would you call me a bitch? And I say, I'm not calling you a bitch. I'm saying you're being a bitch. <laughs> I, totally I really, it's, yeah, it's, totally is it ding, 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 ding. It's completely different. Yep. Um, <laughs> nice vanilla ice. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I know what I mean. I, it's it's everybody. I think another comment. I'm not sure if I made the had this quote in our list here, but uh, the, the, somebody made a comment. There are 18,000 members of that form. 18. That's that true. 18,000 members of that form. Good God. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so there's bound to be some dumb things said. That's exactly right. That's what we're. That's what we're. That's it's funny. Right. So we we pull them out. And we talk about them. I don't know. I just it's not it's nothing personal. It's all sports related. If you can't have a sports debate and a sports argument discussion with other somebody else about what they say and how you think that's ridiculous or whether you think this player is better than that player or whatever, it's all sports way. It's not personal. It's all it's all sports debate and discussion and argument and make fun of in the sports realm, the sports world. Right. <laughs> so 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 just just be careful if you have an emotional reaction <laughs> to a an event in you know a you know one event in an 82 game season and you feel the need to post it to Twitter <laughs> or Facebook in this case you may get called out on it yeah I mean that's it, that's that's your risk here we laugh and we make fun it's uh, it's nothing personal it's just I, I'm I, I the the lounge has a reputation of of you know of people have, saying stupid shit. Of people saying some silly things, and not it's not a representation of the entire just the group, but that's just kind of you know, just how it, how it goes. You know how social no. media is. No, so you, the re- the real thing is <laughs> is you guys don't take five seconds to realize why not Bennington really <laughs> why not Bennington. That is perfect. Okay, that is perfect. That is a perfect. That, that is that is that was that little uh, ten second deal you did was worth calling in just just yeah that's perfect thank you put that in the show I love it I love it why not Bennington um, which came from the Blues Lounge which is hilarious no and, that came from the Blues official page did it really okay yeah damn it, was it when there was a discussion of somebody being called up and somebody said see somebody see said, why not Bennington? the Blues Lounge can't even do a good soundbite for us it's the, that's how bad they are. <laughs> As oh, it, all right. Continue on. So uh, this is me, right? Okay. Yeah. You're so and Justin Turnbaugh again says uh, it's just dudes drinking beer and recapping games. I like it. So and again, now we're getting into a bunch of people who have you know heard the show, listen to the show, and they 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 like it. They think it's funny, or they you know appreciate it, or whatever. So. Um, yeah. And so then uh, Johnny Hockey jumps back in and says, <laughs> uh, "I feel like this hangs in their office, and it's the picture of." Um, Oh, what's Ben Stiller's character's name in Dodgeball? Um, the Purple Cobras guy. I don't know. Dwight. No, White Goodman. White Goodman. White Goodman. White Goodman. Uh, White Goodman. He's giving the thumbs up and he says, "We're better than you, and we know it." <laughs> That's um, a little true, but uh, not not entirely. <laughs> I'm searching Kurt's office. Yeah, Kurt, you actually need to have that hanging up next week. There's no. Yeah, oh, it's it will actually. Uh, they did ask for it, so now it's going gonna, it's gonna to get printed out, and we will hang it up on screen right back here somewhere, right back there. 
Yes. Uh, so you take the next one. Uh, okay. So Justin Turnbaugh again. I'm always getting his. Uh, I don't get that all from them, uh, but still pretty funny. So uh, and then and then this is a guy that actually uh, he did have. Uh, I think it was last show we did a yeah. uh, uh, social media fail for him. Eric A. Tarless. He says I actually like these guys and appreciate the shout out, even if it's a quote social media fail. It's easy to take my post out of context if you're looking at it too narrowly. That was kind of pent up over time watching everyone seemingly blame Vladdy for everything, not just the all-star snub. Shannon Petro uh, definitely, certainly deserve it. And that was the guy that wrote about um, uh, the Tarasenko snub for right. the all-star. Right, I remember that. And yeah, and, and hey, again... Right. That's, that's what we want, honestly. Like, I know we make a lot of jokes here, but that's what we want from people who get included in social media fails. Is we're we're just we're having fun with it, you know. And this guy, we we kind of made fun of what he said, and he appreciated it. He thought it was cool. He liked the shout out. And hey, Eric, glad you listened. Thanks for checking us out. And he and he he did say that we were looking at it too narrowly. So it's, I, I I do I do appreciate I do enjoy and appreciate the. The slight backhanded uh, uh, jab, which is cool. So, <laughs> we it. no, I get we it. No, that's cool. It. That's cool. <laughs> um. So, and then Josh Akers, uh, and actually, this is a different topic. So that was all about the about us. But uh, and I didn't talk to you about this. So uh, anyway, so uh, Josh Akers said about last night's game. Uh, this is also from the St. Louis Booze Lounge. Uh, that was not a boring two to one game. And uh, I'll take that. Spencer Montgomery said he's a group of men. So not one bit. Most exciting zero zero two periods of hockey I've watched in a very long time. Which I didn't talk to you guys about this, but I, I read that and I was like, I don't think we we're watching the same game because I thought the game. I didn't think the game was exciting at all. I thought it was uh, uh, kind of blah. I, you know, we had some scoring chances. They had some scoring chances. Nothing fantastic or amazing. I mean, anything that any great chance we did have was Thorburn or somebody who's like, oh well, he's not going to score. Um, You're and, and, all right. The ice choppy. The ice was choppy. Uh, it was right. it was slot. And, the, uh, right. the, there were there were a few good the saves. Game that was much worse than yeah. what this was. I mean, it was all right, but. Uh, there yeah, were a, there were a few there were a few good saves on each end, um, but you know nothing like oh my god right. can't believe that's it's just yeah. you know it was it was yeah. eh it was an eh game right there was there was a lot of speed you know there was decent goaltending but nothing you know it, I neither goaltender stood on you know on their their heads you know yeah and I, and you you tweeted out the uh, the gif of the uh, the 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 8 bit soccer yeah. game <laughs> just said, just not doing nothing this is what it feels like it they're just passing to one another yeah it was they weren't doing anything yeah and that game that game i mean i i don't know i mean definitely not the most exciting two periods of hockey i've watched a long time i i felt that game brought a bunch of nothing until until the second half of the third period, really, when when uh, uh, well, I guess after that even, because when Toronto scored I, on the on the on the shorthanded and then the Blues tied it up late, you know, with the goalie pulled, I I thought it was going to be a one. If the Blues hadn't tied that up late, I'd have been like, God, the Blues did not much that game at all. Right, right. no, it, that. It, so I I've, I've 
I have been watching a, a ton of the English Premier League because you know it's convenient to watch on Saturday mornings. I've I've time to watch TV on Saturday mornings, and it felt like that. It felt like a, a European <laughs> soccer game. It really, you it kind of did. It, it's like there's a lot of stuff happening, but no production. Yeah, you know, there not a lot of goals. It wasn't in here. I mean, and it, then everything happens right at the end. Yeah, and if I mean, I if it was a zero zero game where there's uh, a lot of big hits, a few fights, um, some great scoring chances, some great saves, uh, end-to-end action, and it's it's just fun to watch. That game didn't have much of that at all. I, right. So I, I anyway anyway I, I just the the agreeing to disagree about maybe about how I viewed the game. I just read that and I was like, right. it seems like a completely different game that they watched than I watched. Yeah. You know, if I you mean, two would shut up for a minute, I could give my opinion on it. Go ahead. Wait, um, wait. You have an opinion? <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna uh, defend this guy a little okay. bit. Okay, all right, honest. do it. Uh, I you know I, I I do agree. I think it was a boring game, but I think why it was exciting was the fact that it was the first game back after a break. I think if that game happens two weeks ago, that this comment is not being made. Even if the Blues come back and win that game like they did, I think because hockey is back, that is why this comment was made. I think you guys are. Or I get your points, and I'm with you that that was not an exciting game. But I will say, because I've not been watching the Blues for a right. week, I was on my seat. I was on the edge of my seat okay. the entire night. All right, but so so you're on record as saying it was not an exciting game. I will go on record as okay. saying that. Yes. And so Spencer Montgomery did say it was, the, to, it was I'm, the most. I want to ex- defend our friends <laughs> at the St. Blues Lounge. All right. He did say it was the most exciting. Zero zero two periods of hockey he's watched in quite a while. So a little bit different. I, I know what you're saying, Jeff. I get it. I was excited to see hockey too. I think I was excited to see hockey. Maybe the game was built up for me a little much because I hadn't seen it in a while and I wanted to see some good hockey and I did not. So maybe that's maybe it was like that that whole novelty of not having seen it in a while lasted longer for him than me. <laughs> but how closely did you watch after they pulled the goalie? Because it's hard to not cringe every time that happens because we know how terrible we are at That's a very once good we point. have, you know, a six on five. Yeah. No, I, and I, and, and I watched. Yeah. No, I, and after, after, after we pulled, that's edge of my seat time. Obviously, anybody, right? You pull the goalie, it's edge of the seat. And overtime is fantastic as far as exciting plays go. Some, if you like three on three, you don't like three on three, whatever. Um, I, it's hard to deny that it's not exciting. So um, we're good at three on three, though. That's the thing. Yeah. We are great on three on three. Yeah. But we pull the goalie, and everything goes to hell. Yeah. Ninety-nine percent of the time. Hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt made the point earlier. First time since uh, Tarasenko uh, scored the overtime, <laughs> uh, or scored with three seconds left to force overtime. And, uh, against Chicago in the playoffs, yeah, yeah. and and we won in overtime, and we yeah. give up a ton of goals. <laughs> we pull the goalie, so yeah. Anyway, so that's you know that's and that's Blues, St. Louis Blues social media fails. <laughs> so thank you, uh, uh, loungers, for listening. Uh, we hope we didn't upset too many of you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for engaging us in this weird kind of dialogue. Right, <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> And and we uh, we do say for those of you who list, maybe are tuning in for the first time from the lounge, we don't always pick on you. We do check the other groups, and I want to say too, Guy Bensing, uh, Hawaii Blues fan on Twitter, 
he did defend us a little bit there in that in that thread, and a lot of people did. I, I think a lot of people know we're lighthearted with us, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we want you guys to listen. So we're not always going to pick on you. We're going to pick on the asylum. We're going to pick on random tweets. Uh, we picked on Darren Kimball in this oh, segment before. That's so. That's like shooting oh, fish in a barrel. Don't get, don't get Kurt. <laughs> that's like shooting fish in a barrel with Kimball. Come on. I mean, the guy is. Yeah. We'll take on the enforcers geez. of uh, a blue social media if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, when you when you go into a battle of wits against somebody who comes in unarmed, it's just. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, wait, are we supposed to play that in some kind of like charity hockey game? Yeah, are we? You're going to die. I, I, you know what? <laughs> um, I'm sure, you know what? Uh, enforcers tend to have a good sense of humor, right? So, no? Is that not right? I don't know. Maybe I'm, no, maybe I, I'm misreading I all the mistaken. <laughs> yeah, right. I think you're very mistaken. All right. I'll go ask Mike Tyson for you. Oh, he's he's crazy, though. Okay. I don't think Kimball's bitten anybody's ear off. I hope not. That I know of. Not yet, anyway. Okay. So, uh, our next show. I didn't see the schedule here for next week. We've got uh, an open Wednesday next week. Sorry, guy. Uh, open with <laughs> right. open Wednesday. Right. January is just not working out so well for guys. Yeah, a bunch of open day uh, Tuesdays every uh, day in January, and uh, oh, Wednesdays are free. So if uh, next show we're looking at uh, Wednesday the twenty fourth. So uh, assuming that works for everyone, have not discussed yet, but that mm. looks to be the date uh, that we'll shoot for. Yeah, yeah. If uh, anybody wants to uh, to come and listen to me bitch about my job at center ice brewery on tuesday nights that's my schedule for pretty much the rest of the month so um we do have a t- uh deanna says uh you pick on me for kissing my sister i'm not crying uh-huh. um yeah I'll, I'll, you know what i won't pick on you if you want me to kiss your sister i'll do it too just let me know i think her sister's married but okay. i'm married uh, that's okay. Well, then it's okay uh, then. Guys, guys, look at then, this. Look at this. Oh, you, I, that ring, it comes right off. I, yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, so the deduction we can make from Deanna's post is, uh, tweet is that uh, she has thicker skin than the ones who were offended in the Boozons, Johnny Hockey and uh, another guy. So, another guy. Andrew Hearn, what do you think of blue social media fails? Um, I think uh, anywhere you have a bunch of people talking about anything, you're going to have people saying things that are not necessarily intelligent or thought out, but very, very passionate. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, you're going to be wrong a lot, and you're going to be unhappy about that fact. Uh, but I'm glad, um, if anything, if I, if I have a stupid opinion... I'm happy that someone else is talking about it <laughs> at all, right? Uh, okay. Good call. Because there's nothing else. What else do you have? I mean, I mean, I, I'm not going to go all Jeff Ponder and somebody call him an asshole, but yeah, you know, <laughs> stupid opinion is is is. I'll, I'll take it that far. Sure, yeah. <laughs> in in a fun joking way, of course. Right. I mean. We disagree. It's fine. I think that I think they're actually. Being, I think, can... here, here's the deal. I think the St. Louis Blues Lounge is doing a watch party at the Blue Note Sports <laughs> Bar and Grill next month. I think it is, or is it 
in March. I think it's in March, maybe. And we're all going to show up and, and be the challenge is for you to figure out who we are. And Yeah, exactly. And then we'll, we'll play anybody in bubble hockey and, and beat you. So that was that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Take that. <laughs> yeah. I want Kern on my team. I, I will take on okay. anyone, anytime in bubble hockey. I want that to be known. Uh, I think that's going to do it, unless you guys have something else you want to add or you want to insult somebody else uh, in another Facebook group. <laughs> We're playing the Senators and the Coyotes this week, and we should have no problem in either game, but somehow I'm still slightly worried. Yeah, we play we play like shit in, uh, in every time we go up to Ottawa, so I'm worried about that game. But uh, Well, this, this one's at home. We just played in Ottawa. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. No, sorry. We played. We played play, right. no, in Ottawa. Ottawa tomorrow away. night. Coyotes right. is home. We we then, yeah. Ottawa in Ottawa Thursday. Sorry, and then uh, Phoenix, and then uh, oh, sorry Arizona. Ottawa's back here, and next then Tuesday. back here next Tuesday. Right. Yeah. So that's three games in a row against bottom feeding teams at this point, and I think uh, I think that's three. And you have to get three wins here. You really do, especially after coming out an emotional win against Toronto, and then uh, that should catapult you into the Colorado game on Thursday with some high momentum. And uh, hopefully that'll be a, that should be a, a really good game to watch considering Colorado's placing in the standings. So and we're uh, home. it should be a good week of hockey here in St. Louis. We are at home against Colorado. So that's nice. And then we play Montreal and then it's I uh, I don't know if it's the next one, but the following week we play Colorado again in, in Colorado. Yeah. The, uh, the Montreal game, you know, I will probably be there. Okay, cool. Are you going to, uh, Sunrise Brewery beforehand? I'm sure I will. <laughs> yeah. There's no point in driving all the way back to Troy. No. Just to drive back downtown. No. Why not go have a few pints? Maybe I'll join you before you go to the game. Maybe if Please I get a do. maybe if I get a babysitter, I will join you guys as well. Alright. Maybe I'll go to the game. Yeah. Why don't we look at uh, getting a bunch of tickets to this game? Do it. See if we had a sponsor like SeatGeek. Like <laughs> You're right. you know, the Puck Soup podcast. Pimp that shit every show, you know. Yeah, but you know, that's that's something for you to worry about. We we are not as big or as popular as the St. Louis Blues Lounge, so we'll have to wait until we are someday. <laughs> On that note, um, uh, Mr. Kern, thank you for joining us. You want to tell people how they can reach you on the social medias? Uh, yeah, uh, Twitter. I can be reached at Bruce is the cat. I love that Twitter handle, by the way. After, I'm like, oh, yeah, you Bruce? I, no, Bruce is the cat. There's my cat. That's what it is. He's my cat, and that's, his name is Bruce. That's fantastic. There's no. <laughs> so it's pretty much laid it out there, and I just went right over my head. I, it's too simple. It's too perfect. I didn't even catch that. Uh, okay. <laughs> so thank you for coming on. Uh, and uh, for uh, Bill Day and Jeff Ponder, I'm Kurt Price. Thank you for joining us this week on Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, don't forget to check out the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill if you're in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Let's go Gus. Really? <laughs> uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I'll look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues.
Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.